Oh, even got special effects today. I love it. How do we rate? Rate, rate, rate. Manuel Delay. That's right. We're we're so budget oriented here at Free Talk Live that it's, we must import our special effects from Mexico. It's cheaper. To, it's cheaper to get another person to say delay, <laughs> delay, delay than to buy the delay unit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't get them. Yeah. Well, you can. But Supply chain disruption. Yeah. It's easier to get a person. <laughs> Just like the car, uh, the chips in the car, right? Like you, you couldn't buy a used car for you know I don't know, man, under like ten grand, like a decent one for like the longest time. Right. Because of the... Right. So you're pulling apart a digital delay to get the chip to work in your car. So you don't have the delay, delay, delay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it is Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in and listening, everybody. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Captain's Log, Stardate 0820-2023. Uh, with you tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, joining us tonight. Off grid Angie. And classic. And uh, yes, uh, <laughs> filling in for Nikki Sunshine is off grid Angie today. Welcome, Angie. Wait, I thought I was filling in. Uh, I'm oh, wait, sorry. Filling in, filling in for, for Nikki is uh, and classic, and filling in for and classic is off grid Angie. No, that's right. No, Steve Classic. Never mind. The captain continues. <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to do a show. Right. Uh, we'll see how, how it goes. We have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about tonight is this article from Scientific American. The headline reads, Supercomputer will help decide whether to block the sun. It's got to flip a coin. Mm. This doesn't sound ominous at mm. all. Who, right. built, who built a supercomputer? Who, built, who will build the supercomputer? Who built the moon? <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I mean, just the headline itself evokes all sorts of, like, fear-mongering, you know, stuff that folks have seen on science fiction television and movies. Over, who needs the sun? Over, yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's not that important. Get a spray tan. <laughs> Come on. It's only responsible for, well, just about everything <laughs> as far as life is concerned on the planet. <laughs> And it seems to me like if it really is a supercomputer, its decision is going to be like, no, we, we don't need to block the sun because it's responsible for everything. Photosynthesis, vitamin D in humans, right? You know, uh, your crops growing or not growing. I find myself wanting to look up online right now whether or not the sun is required to construct a supercomputer. <laughs> if it's built at a solar, yeah, solar-powered... Uh, Do you have a magic rectangle? <laughs> Yeah, feel free. Yeah. Um, the article says, <laughs> actually, this is just the subheading now. So the the headline: supercomputer will help decide. Help decide. Help. So what is? How many votes does it get? Right, it's the tying vote. Is there like? Yeah, is there like six people and they're you know right. a, at a standstill? They need a tiebreaker. They're gonna <laughs> go to the let super, the supercomputer. Let's have go a to vote? the supercomputer. A new supercomputer. This is the subheading. A new supercomputer is helping climate scientists. Determine whether injecting human-made sun-blocking aerosols into the stratosphere would also alter thunderstorms and rainfall. Doesn't this hum- sound like chemtrails? Human-made? What are hu- what human? Wait, repeat that again. A human-made? A new supercomputer. We got that. Yeah, is helping climate scientists. Okay, this yeah, group yeah, of people yeah, yeah. determine whether injecting human-made sun-blocking aerosols into the stratosphere 
would also alter thunderstorms and rainfall. Now, chemtrails have been around as an idea, particularly amongst, uh, in theory, conspiracy theorists. Right. Fifty right? Shades of Spray. So it was Fifty Shades of Spray. Very nice. <laughs> that movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and everybody's been like, no, they don't do that. That's totally not what it is. Uh, isn't that? Isn't this what that is? Yeah, it's, it's stratospheric <laughs> it, aerosol injections. Yeah. That, that subtitle leads me to believe that it's almost implying that they've already been spraying some kind of like naturally occurring mineral or metal substance, and now this is somehow right now they've they figured out oh we can't we can't synthetic. we can't get enough of the of the natural stuff we'll just synthesize something human right? made yeah human made it made in a lab it, like, are they know. are they making it out of humans. Soil and green are chemtrails. Because, like, depending on the context here, you could misconstrue this to to mean human-made, like made out of humans. Like, right. They could liquefy people, put them into the aerosol injection, and spray humans. Oh. <laughs> All right. So let's figure it out. Um, a new supercomputer for climate research will help scientists study the effects of solar geoengineering, a controversial idea for cooling the planet by redirecting the sun's rays. Okay, first of all, humans don't need to be doing this, right? Uh, Unless you don't gonna, want humans, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mess with nature. That's not the word I wanted to use, but we're on the radio. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna mess with nature, and uh, yeah, that's what's what will happen is humans will screw it up, and the real danger is you know extinguishing ourselves. Right, right. the The Earth will be fine if we extinguish ourselves. It'll keep going, and you know, life will keep going on, and all that kind of thing. But if we extinguish ourselves, well, then we won't be around. Well, everything is being blamed on climate change now. Yeah, Every oh like ev- Canadian wildfires, uh, Maui's on fire, climate change. I'm so and then tired just, of climate. It's just it's not the boy who cried wolf. It's and, like come and, on, and really? It, they they like changed their name too. It used to be what was it before? Global warming. Global warming. Yeah. Right, and it's like okay. The Earth and then has the been ozone was going to go away. The, oh yeah, I remember the ozone. <laughs> the right? ozone hole. The the bozone. Right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a bald spot in the yeah, atmosphere. Right, right, right. That, that closed ever, up. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, like none of the none of the fear mongering has come true. None of the things they were afraid of. Right. right. Like oh, in ten years if we don't take care of this, we won't have an atmosphere. Well, it's been way more than right. ten years. I think Al Gore said that. We've still and got an the atmosphere. Clock is long past his prediction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm so tired of, of all of that. Um, <laughs> the hubris of mankind to think that uh, anything we do would have that level of impact on planet Earth, I think, is just yeah. insane. I mean, it would just be easier to just build a giant fire truck and just send it to the sun and extinguish it. <laughs> Why do we do that? <laughs> uh, can't we just point a hose at the sun? Yeah, spray the sun. <laughs> all right. Uh controversial idea for cooling the planet like we don't need to cool the planet the planet will keep itself exactly yeah. the temperature it needs to be what at any given time game of thrones winter is coming it's gonna it's gonna what, get cold. what was that comment it made about and it might affect the some weather or storms what what, what was that it said it may affect yeah. thunderstorms into the stratosphere injecting human-made sun-blocking aerosols into the stratosphere would also alter thunderstorms and rainfall. They want to find out whether or not oh. it would also alter thunderstorms. They already know this. They They've been doing know. it. Right. It's unbelievable. Spraying wow. aluminum. And, you know, 
I've heard somewhere, and I have not verified this, but Monsanto has a patent on seeds that can grow in soil mm-hmm. that has high concentrations of aluminum. Really? Now, why would they need to patent that seed? Yeah. I don't understand. Where's all this aluminum? This is one of the other reasons that I'm against intellectual property. Oh. Right? Uh, even as a musician, you would think that most people who are musicians, independent or otherwise, they all subscribe to, to IP. Not all of them, but like the majority of them do. And they're like, oh, and if they catch somebody using their stuff, they'll sue them or, you know, uh, send them a letter of cease and desist or whatever. And I'm just like, okay. yeah, I put my, my music out there, use it, you know? Yeah. To me, it's a compliment if somebody out there wants to use a piece of my music in like their film or something that their other project that they're doing or, you know, sample a riff, put it in their song or whatever. Mm. Cool. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll take as much of that as I can, right? Right. Because I want to spread my message, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So when it comes to stuff like... (laughs) Spray it from the sky. Nature, right? Like, the patenting of seeds just shouldn't even exist. It shouldn't even be a thought. There shouldn't be somebody out there trying to, like, you know, uh, whatever they're doing, even if they're doing it naturally, right? They're crossbreeding a couple of different types of the same plant, and they're coming up with this new type of plant and by, by doing it a hybrid or whatever. Like, okay, that's great, but, like, you don't own that. That's nature interacting. You might have you might have made that happen, but you should in no way, shape, or form own that. Well, you can't patent anything that comes from nature. That's That's not possible, and so that's why they go tinkering. Right. Ah, so. But they're still tinkering with nature to creating creating a a bastardized form it's, it's of like what was. It's like they're trying to create a um, I don't, not alternate. That's not the word the I'm looking for. But um, the... like an adjacent nature or something somehow yeah. where it's it's a it's right. They could it's tweak like one molecule. The law, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can't patent nature, so we'll just make this little. Right. We'll add tweak. a molecule to the end what of this. What could go wrong? And, yeah. I remember uh, even as a kid growing up in the, you know, we'll say the 80s or whatever. So I'm, you know, I don't know, 10, 11 years old at the time. Uh, taking a road trip, you know, one of my parental units, we're driving past uh, all these these cornfields, right? And their cornfields are pretty common in, in Wisconsin, the rural areas anyway. And I remember one, one of the parental units saying something about, do you see that symbol there? That's for the people who do the, uh, the genetic uh, stuff. And uh, you know, stay away from that stuff, right? Like Ooh. I remember, like even then, somebody like being knowledgeable enough to point out the symbol of the company who had these particular cornfields in this particular area of Wisconsin that were genetically modified, mm-hmm. uh, and say bad. Those are bad. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Back then. Um, uh, this particular person worked in the news industry, so that sort of explains, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. why they were knowledgeable about that particular topic, but. Um, even then I'm like, yeah, that seems like it's not right. You know, I mean, I know people like crossbreed dogs all the time to like, you know, come up with like show dogs and that kind of stuff. Um, and I know like people who grow plants at home and gardeners and, you know, off grid types, even before off grid was a thing. It was just how people got by. They had (laughs) multiple gardens. It was called the 1800s. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even that long ago. (laughs) It was like the 1950s. Yeah. In the The 50s or whatever. Like, yeah, just living. Yeah. It was just how people got by. I remember my grandparents had two gardens at their house in the city and then they had, uh, you know, a, a property up north, a trailer. And they had another garden up there, plus some acreage where, like, some wild raspberries and blackberries and stuff like that grew. 
they took advantage of all of that, right? right? They rarely had to go to the grocery store, right? Maybe in the winter they'd run out of something that they could only have in the summer or, you know, they ran out of like milk, right? Right. But they were making, yeah, they were making their own bread, you know, they were making all their own baked goods, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. They had all the gear to do it and the knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, that had been passed down from their parents and, you know, all that kind of thing. And like, I I swear it was the mid 70s through the 80s, all that went away. Yeah. Yep. Now, if you can't get a Domino's pizza, you got to call nine one one. They're not delivering my pizza, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's true of my grandparents as well. So I know that, like, my grandparents would do things like experiment with natural forms of hybridization. Right? They like, oh, if I grow this type of corn and this type of corn in the same field, maybe they'll pollinate each other, and then I'll get this other type of corn. Uh, kind of a thing. And that wasn't uncommon to do because, yeah, you'd want the largest yield that you can get because you got a small plot of land and you're trying to get the most food out of it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense if it occurs in that fashion, not in a lab where you've, you know, uh, spliced genes together or <laughs> yeah. taken genes out or whatever it is. And then, you know, oh, let's do some lab grows over here. Oops, they got out into the wild and now you don't know what the it's heck's going on. It's a hybrid watermelon and tomato. You can, it's a huge <laughs> The water <thing>. motto. <laughs> well, you, you could patent that. <laughs> you mentioned that, like, as a kid, you, like, already had that sense. It's, my personal belief is that we're all born with, like, the innate knowledge of right and wrong, and it, that applies to nature and, and these types of topics, and it's it's just taught out of us and socialized out of us, some of us. Oh, for certain, particularly yeah, in yeah. the public schools. S- scientized out of us. Is that a word? I might have just said Yeah, propagandized, I think. <laughs> yeah, there or, you go. Uh, I, what's the indoctrinated? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's indoctrinated yeah. out of us, I think. Um, and this is what kids learn in public schools, right? They, mm-hmm. they learn, they don't learn, they, they don't get educated, they get schooled, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want your children to be educated, don't put them in public schools. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on the topic of this, uh, the machine is named Derecho, Derecho, D E R E C H O. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. It began operating this month at the National Center for Atmospheric Research and will allow scientists to run more detailed to run more detailed weather models for research on solar geoengineering, said Kristen Rasmussen, a climate scientist at Colorado State. <laughs> climate scientist in air quotes. <laughs> uh, she's studying how human-made aerosols, which can be used to deflect sunlight, could affect rainfall patterns. I thought this was all like debunked, right? Oh, they're not doing that. They're not, well, uh, they're well, not researching that, this. That's what I'm thinking here is like we already know this stuff has been around forever. So is this another case this year of we're going to start dropping it in mainstream? We're going to start dropping it into the news and like why? I know that every time I see chemtrails, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's and going to rain tomorrow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not uh, I'm not saying climate change or anything. I'm just uh, making an observation in New Hampshire. This has been a wet summer. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. If if anything is thirsty in New Hampshire, they're not trying. Right. <laughs> uh, because Dureco is three and a half times faster than the previous NCAR supercomputer, her team can run more detailed models to show how regional changes to rainfall can be caused by the release of aerosols, adding to scientists' understanding of the risks from solar geoengineering, Rasmussen said. The machine will also be used to study other issues related to climate change. Now, now, weren't aerosols the problem that caused the ozone to be depleted? 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it was we all like, the, we have to ban yes. aerosols because it was, it's depleting the ozone. Yeah, now it was, like, yes. we need aerosols. It was all the ladies and the glam metal <laughs> bands from the eighties <laughs> using Aquanet. I, right. I was just gonna say that it was. They guilted all of the girls. We were all making the perfect wave up front with the Aquanet. The big front. And then poof. all of a sudden, you were like, "Oh my god! Like I can't use That's Aquanet bad. because it's bad for the ozone." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then 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 like the bangs there. came back and like the seventies feathered hair came right. back. Oh, and yeah. Then Nirvana yeah. put it into the whole glam metal thing. <laughs> well, hopefully, I, I actually attribute uh, thrash metal for doing that. Oh, okay. Because uh, you know, in a time where everybody was like super over decorated, which was glam metal, pop music at the time. Right. Think of like early, early, early Madonna, where you had like three thousand bracelets on right, both arms, seventeen there. earrings, yeah. you know, in each ear, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And and like glam metal took that to an extreme, where like dudes were. Po- poofing up their hair and dressing in all these like you know all these Women's lace clothes. and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff fish nets and all that kind of stuff just way over decorated yeah. right thrash metal comes along and they're wearing like a, a white t-shirt and jeans right you know shorts and look cutoffs. at looking more like fans that would attend a concert than people putting on a concert and right. so that drew me to them because i'm like oh the this is real this isn't this isn't fake there used to be a term that uh, was thrown around uh, by the thrash metal bands and even punk rockers called posers. Oh, yeah. Those guys are posers, right? Posers? Glam rock posers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because like yeah. they're about the image, not about the substance of the music and the, you right. know, the, the lyrics and, and all that kind of stuff. And all of the, uh, the popular music was, it was love songs. It was crappy love songs, right? In one way or another. <laughs> Either it's, you know, hey, I'm happy because I'm in love or no, I'm depressed and angry because like we broke up yeah, or whatever, you know, not no longer in love or somebody I know broke up with somebody else <laughs> and I'm in the middle of it or whatever. <laughs> this was the lyrical, you know, subject matter largely of popular music back in the day. And so thrash metal comes along and, and they're singing about nuclear holocausts and, you know, whatever's going on right. in the world. And like, you know, news topics, peace sells, but who's buying, right? right. And all that kind of stuff. Uh, the video for peace sells and who's buying has a, has a bit in it where like sort of midway through the song, uh, they show like a kid sitting in front of the TV and he's watching the news, right? Or, or uh, it's actually the video. So it's a meta kind of a thing. The kid's sitting in front of him. And like the dad comes in, the music drops, and he's like, hey, I got to change the channel. It's time for the news. And he turns around and he goes, but dad, this is the news. Uh. Right? And that was like, you know, amongst the people listening to Thrash Metal, they were like, that's Hell the message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's, that's really what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. you know, pre internet. You know, we didn't have the ability to research things. We didn't have independent media. We didn't have people looking into things that you could get a different opinion, right? And so to an extent, that little bit, even though it was designed to be tongue-in-cheek, was true. Like, people were getting their news from alternative music. So kind of cool. take that for what it's worth. Uh, Back to the chemtrails. No, Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Stratospheric aerosol (laughs) injections. (laughs) What do they call them? Stratospheric. I, uh, yeah, there's no acronym for it. Uh, to understand the specific impacts on thunderstorms, we require the use of very high-resolution models that can be run for many, many years, Rasmussen said. This faster supercomputer will enable more simulations at longer time frames and at higher resolution than we can currently support. The announcement from NCAR comes after the Biden administration released a report Friday that offered measured support for researching solar geoengineering as a way to slow the rise of global temperatures. They're assuming that global temperatures are rising. 
are rising. They're also assuming that they're rising at an unnatural rate. Human beings haven't been around long enough for us to even know that much about whether or not it's natural. Right. My Commodore 64 could probably predict better than that uh, supercomputer. Maybe. I don't know. NCAR is funded largely through the National Science Foundation, an independent agency of the federal government. Oh, wait. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I Like, that's... That is a BS term. Independent agency of the federal government? No. I'm sorry. If you're part of the federal government, the last thing you are is an independent independent agency. A subsidiary of the World Economic Forum. (laughs) The White House report follows an open letter by more than 60 leading scientists calling for more research. More money. Into (laughs) what is often called solar radiation modification. One method of altering Earth's natural systems to fight climate change. European Union policymakers also issued a statement last week calling for an international assessment of the risks related to geoengineering. These technologies introduce new risks to people and ecosystems, while they could also increase power imbalances between nations, spark conflicts, and raise a myriad of ethical, legal, governance, and political issues, the EU statement said. But that's what they want. They want the power struggles. They want the chaos. They want the rights. They want control. Yeah. Control, right. Problem, reaction, solution. I will have to commend the author or at least the editor of this particular article. See if it was written by AI. For, if you scroll down, sometimes it says this this article generated by AI. Have you seen those articles? Is this from Scientific American? But it's this, the this article generated by the supercomputer yeah. in question. <laughs> exactly. The supercomputer wrote that article. About hey, give me more authors. money. I am not super enough. <laughs> Minho Kim is an intern of E&E News, so that's the only listed author. It is reprinted at any rate. Uh, I would like to commend them for saying raises a myriad of ethical, legal, governance, and political issues instead of saying raises myriad ethical, <laughs> uh, legal, governance, and political issues. That is a preference that, you know. I like better. Good grammar. 603-283-6160. What are your thoughts on geoengineering, the climate change, and chemtrails? Give us a call. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Wake up and Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. We are back. We're live. We're live. We're talking. We're, well. We're somewhat free. <laughs> yeah, we. As yeah. free can, as we can be. We work on that. We we want to be free. We right. desire to be free. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm an Eleutheromaniac. <laughs> y'all and y'all. <laughs> yeah, are, are y'all Eleutheromaniacs or, or are y'all, 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 y'all Eleutheromaniacs? All y'all. <laughs> My favorite Southernism. <laughs> y'all or y'all, all y'all. 
Are are y'all gone or are all y'all gone? <laughs> That's great. It's a subset yeah. of of. If anyone uses that y'all. phrase, call us up and let's <laughs> I, let's run that by us. I did a, a little span of work uh, probably a decade ago in Texas, kind of around the South, and yeah. uh, it is amazing. I think within two weeks, I picked that up. And I brought it home oh. with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all in, y'all and all oh, y'all. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. catchy. The only I, thing I remember from Texas is, uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. Yeah, buddy. Or tell you what. Uh, just tell preface, you what. preface the sentence what. with, tell you what. I remember uh, <laughs> when I was in the South, uh, uh, people who who would, uh, you know, like if their kids were getting out of hand, like they're saying, now, boy. <laughs> you know, everything was boy. Boy. Yeah. Like, I'm like, wow, is this. Is it Foghorn, Leghorn? What's going on, man? Um, I spent a lot of time in the Panhandle uh, around Panama City, Florida, Pensacola sort yeah. of area in between there, yeah. or Southern Alabama, as I like oh, to call yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I picked it up, too. Real uh, quick. Yeah, I, I ended up working on a commercial fishing boat, and uh, I was down in uh, Campeche Bay. It's Christmas, right? So it's, you know, 88 degrees and sunny. I'm out right. on the, the deck of the fishing boat, uh, you know, on the radio doing a ship-to-shore call collect to my parents. <laughs> They're paying for it. They weren't happy about the, about the phone bill when they got it. But uh, they're like, who are you? They didn't recognize my voice because I was <laughs> like, hey, I, you know, I was talking like doing? this. Right? They were like, are you sure you're you? Like, tell us tell us something only you would know. Yeah. <laughs> That's something you got to have with the new uh, chat bots and whatnot that, that can mimic your voice. Right. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I did just you know, hear about that. It'll, it'll knock off your voice, yep. and then it'll call you and like, oh my God, it sounds like my son. Yeah. There's so, a, can you give me your credit card number? Okay. I was mentioning this on one of the two shows yesterday. I think it was Beard Talk Live, that there are already services. This is straight out of an episode of Black Mirror, if you haven't right. seen that series. Uh, I highly crazy recommend stuff. it. Yeah, it's, crazy, it's, crazy. it's an amazing series. But um, uh, in that series, they have uh, a story where... Uh, dude goes out, you know, him and his wife, you know, they're out, he goes out, he gets into a car accident and dies. And so she's left at the house all alone or whatever. And uh, she gets an email uh, from the dead husband's email address, right? Hey, it's me, right? Kind of thing. It's super creepy. And uh, it goes on and like, uh, it says, hey, give me access to like all of the social media and like any voicemails you have, any recordings you have. And, you know, uh, you know, I'll accurately mimic, you know, your husband. Right. And so she's like, sure, somehow, right, because she's all messed up in the head about him being dead or whatever. Right. And she gives it access and it, it accurately gives a voice just like you're talking yeah. about of of the dead guy. Now that the episode carries it further, I won't spoil it for you, but this service already exists. Right. Right? You can do exactly that. You can employ a service. You can hand over all of the voice messages, any recorded voice recordings you have of your dead significant other or dead family member. Uh you can give them access to like their social media, their Facebook, their Twitter, you know, all that kind of stuff and uh it will attempt to mimic that for you. You mean the supercomputer will do this when it's not doing the climate change stuff? I like I'm Maybe. I'm waiting for that service that I'm talking about the the mimicking the dead person to uh get together with AI. Yeah, right. 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 Cuz yeah. then it'll and then like, you know. And these are the the beginnings of uh human consciousness living in the cloud. Right. right? Well, I mean, you could have I a think- chatbot girlfriend and just tell everything. Well, I mean, who who is that person? You know, what spy agency are you telling all your secrets to? 
Oh, yeah. Crazy. I read something about that recently, and it was it was part of an article, like a, I don't know if it was like Psychology Today or something. I don't know why I would have been looking at that, but, um, but they were, basically, they were saying that it'll help people cope with their losses because they can carry on that. And I'm like, that's... That will help us to have literally no coping skills left, right. which we're already right. dangerously close to. Yeah. Right. Because uh, part of coping is uh, or getting over the loss of, of a loved one is the absence of them. Right. right. If their presence is still around, albeit in just a digital form, you know, of some sort of mimicked ghost, then that is not helping you. Right. It's actually prolonging your blues, right? Right, you're, because you're, you're grieving something completely different. You're not actually grieving crazy. like that that specific loss. Right. That it's, you had. it's an unnatural yes. occurrence. Again with the unnatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you have to have a safe word when anyone, whenever someone calls you. Like that only they would know. But then once you use the safe phrase or whatever you it have, it's going to know it. I just, <laughs> you got to have a rolling, rolling uh, numbers or something or rolling. Mm-hmm. We, we could know. talk more about okay. this, but let's go to the phones and see who we have. Uh, unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name's Denise. Hi, Denise. You are live on the air on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Um. Well, I wanted to... I wanted to see what y'all's take was on the pipeline in Africa that's supposed to be supplying Europe and um, the fact that our military is um, dropping, you know, military equipment on the borders of Niger and the people there want us out of there. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know your your phone it. dropped off just at the beginning of that. You said you wanted to know our opinion on a something. What was the first part? Uh, on on the pipeline. The like pipeline. The, the, the pipeline that's now going to maybe be shut down that's supposed to be running through Niger to supply Europe with energy. Um, well, yeah, why would they want a pipeline to for energy for Europe? Right. They're trying to freeze everyone out. Right, it's bad for right. the bad and for the environment. Global warming. You can't have pipelines. Shut down the pipelines. That's that's my take. Global, and if it's and if it's going through, and if it's going point. somewhere somewhere <laughs> in Africa, they probably you know they'll be able to get it through if they uh, you know adopt a CBDC for their country. Then we can get the pipeline through. Right, but they but they um are, they're pushing all the troops out. They don't want us there. They don't want France there. Huh. They've actually signed up with the the Wagner group. Security, the Wagner um, Group. With, Where yeah. did we hear that term before Ukraine? Right. right. Well, I mean, <laughs> private security force. Russia, yeah. For Russia, yeah, but uh, that's that's what I mean. Is most of the country, uh, most of Africa now is, um, you know, basically partnering up with the Wagner Group for you know their military now, and they don't want us there. They don't want anybody there, and they're. Um, warning their people of blackouts and um, wartime, and I feel like we're, you know, we're now we're picking a fight with um, Africa over a pipeline that doesn't even affect us. And that's it wouldn't be the first time either, right? I mean, uh, it, it could be a setup, right? It could be, you know, somebody's trying to goad somebody into something, which is my gut instinct on this one. Um, but it also could be, you know, sort of playing the, the long game of chess, right? Oh, we're going to make these moves until we get our way with something else that, like, hasn't been uncovered yet. 
the politicians have uh, all sorts of secret meetings with each other to determine what their next moves are. And, uh, you know, we're far from privy from all of that. Uh, with the pipeline involvement, that just seems false to me because, um, like, oh, we're going to deliver more available energy to a highly populated area? Uh, that seems like it should be a thing, uh, especially with the rising prices of things like electricity. Uh, you know, the world right. needs more of that delivered, more efficient and faster uh, in order for those prices to come down because of inflation that's happening globally. Right. Well, I mean, they're not going to benefit from it. Nobody in Africa is going to benefit from it. Right. So, right. I mean, I think they're getting getting hip to the hip to the jig on them if you will but well i mean i mean i think the the they're probably putting pressure on this whatever the african country is to get this thing through they don't want to go through well then if you don't want it to go through we got the military sitting on your border and if we want to clear this uh-huh. up we'll put the pipeline through if uh you capitulate the cbdc's for your country and then we'll put you on world id and then they'll get the people to go along with it. they'll do some type of uh, regime change in there and you know yeah, or, the races. or they'll just hold it hostage until, you know, the Europeans are like, okay, we'll pay your price. Right. Right. Well, and then, you know, it's, it's basically like us picking a fight with Russia at this point because most of Africa has signed up for this private security. And, um, you know, would I just wonder if that would affect affect us over here as far as the war with Russia goes again. You know, we're already... Well, I mean, I mean, we could put solar panels on our house, but the AI supercomputer is probably going to say, block the sun. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Right. And they just passed um, the, just like a, a defense, um, a new defense bill, whatever it is. Authorization and, Act, um, Defense Authorization Act. Yes, that, that, the Defense Authorization Act. And they, um, you know, with their right to ban any application that's been just basically snuck in there. This little part of it saying, you know, we can just ban any application or any service that we don't feel is, you know, giving accurate information or is, you know, and it's in yeah. uh, what is the the infodemic like, <laughs> disinformation, right? misinformation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 I had a story so. for show prep yesterday about how, uh, how Google uh, is positioning itself to be the decider of what is official information and what isn't banning most independent social media from search results. So if you're using Google as your preferred search engine and you're anticipating finding results from independent media, independent journalists, independent bloggers and writers and, uh, you know, regular folk, you're not going to find it because, uh, they're gonna they're gonna say nope. That's not quote real news unquote. Right. It's the Googleization. We were listening to this earlier. That if you type in Fast and Furious and you want to see about gun running in Mexico, the only thing that shows up is like car movies. The movie, right? Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. all Vin buried. Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's all it is. Yeah. And in Canada, yeah, actually, the- I'm sorry. In Canada, right now, um, uh, Canada passed some sort of a law that says. Uh, Hey, uh, if you're a major social media company, Facebook, right, for example, um, you're going to need to pay us or pay them some percentage uh, of money in order to uh, rebroadcast the news. 
And so it's not uh, fair use. They've they've all just said, okay, we're not going to have news then. Wow. And so it has, of course, been a wide brush with which they've painted the news. And so people who aren't a traditional news media outlet are also getting shadow banned and, banned and, yep. and all sorts of stuff. It's all gone horribly wrong because, well, what is news? Who decides what, what news is? Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Facebook and uh, what's the other one? Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Thank Instagram. you. Yeah. Yeah, so right now in Canada, you can't get, like, the Canadian broadcast news uh, through your social media. Wow. Because they won't pay for it. Well, because the government says they have to pay for it, where previously uh, they did. It's fair use. Yeah, it's just fair use. Like, I don't understand the, the news position on this, because if you're a news broadcaster... Uh, your job is to get the largest reach you can. Broadcast. Broadcast. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's as if it's in the name. <laughs> it's like something you made up. <laughs> it is. Uh, except well, I didn't. they're only going to they're only going to broadcast the the things that um, are going to benefit them as as a company, uh, BlackRock and Vanguard. And, sure, but what they're, they're doing they're, is they're, they're they're using the guns of government to force. The social media companies to pay. This is an extortion racket, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. They, they they went to the government and said, "Hey, pass this bill." And the government said, "Sure, uh, we'll pass this bill," uh, forcing the social media companies to have to pay for the privilege of broad or rebroadcasting something that's already in the public domain. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like when uh, when the police are involved with something and someone's filming, they'll play music so it gets taken down on youtube right yeah something copywritten they'll <laughs> right. play in the background yeah. so that so, if the the uh, video of their transgression yeah. shows up online it'll get taken it, down it gets flagged and, yeah by the algorithm wow well, well welcome to another lovely year indeed year. it's gonna be fun hey denise right, well thank you guys thank you for the call have a good day uh yeah there's so much of that going on right now there's all this like sort of I mean, inflation is kicking up, right? We're seeing, uh, we're at the, I mean, hyperinflation is just a step away. September 1st. Right? I feel like Canada is just a cautionary tale for the U.S. too. Yeah. Like if you want to surmise a year into the future, um, just have yeah, a look, look at again. Canada right now. Yeah. And 10 years is China. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, these are all very, uh, Australia, somewhere in between the two, mm-hmm. right? Probably five years or something right. you know, yeah. is, is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> three. There, thereabouts. With inflation, it's three. We thought it was five, but with inflation, it's three. Like, just as few as uh, 10, 12 years ago, uh, there was a whole bunch of independent media warning about the police state, like, and how the U.S. is becoming a po- the, Those are all gone now because it happened. Right. Yeah. Well, it was the Patriot it, Act. It is a police state now. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that um, so many people didn't notice that it happened, and now it's gone, and they're not hearing about it anymore because it already happened. Right. But they never... Right. They never noticed. It, 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 nobody noticed. Nobody yeah. Noticed. They're too comfortable. People yeah. are way too comfortable. Or right. busy. Way too busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To pay the taxes. <laughs> I, two incomes. I have had this conversation uh, recently with a, a friend of mine from, from back out west. Uh, and and they the question came up to like, how do you know about all this stuff? And and I'm like, well, I, I don't know how kids, do know right? Yeah. I, but I also... I make an effort, right? Uh, also, I do this show, and so I have to stay on top of like current events. You know, I have to pay show attention prep. to what's in the news, show prep, all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, I try to keep up with some of the other hosts and the other shows that are on the Free Talk Live network now. I can't. It's impossible to keep up with it all. So I have to sort of pick and choose what might interest me or what makes me go, oh, man, I got to talk about this. Right. But it is about time and effort. Right. And I think you hit on something, Angie, that most people like if you got to have a two income household because you're raising kids. Right. You know, if you're not growing anything yourself, three. three yeah. Side hustle. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't have time to think about what government is doing to you Mm -hmm. and how they're wronging you and how it's all just a sham, right? You don't have a lot of time to dedicate to that because you're busy just trying to pay your bills. Right. Mm -hmm. And and this is the status of the United States of America right now. Uh, People are way too uh, distracted, uh, busy, if you will, to be able to invest the time and money into figuring out what's actually going on. Hopefully, we here at Free Talk Live provide the public service to folks in trying to bring to light some of these things that are going on. Well, well, you can invest three hours of your time listening to Free Talk Live and investigating, or you can just spend all Sunday on the couch watching NFL starting in September. Depends on where you want to direct your time. Well, it's preseason already, so. All right, preseason. Why do we have (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, your your friend says, how, how do you know so much? But uh, uh, someone who knows so much, imagine how much you still don't know. Oh, no, I like it's I ast- astonishing. They they said that. I'm like, I don't really know anything. Man. I'm, I'm just a guy. right? You know, like I can read and, you know, I pull some, you know, I read articles and stuff. But like, you know, I'm not smarter than, you know, I might be smarter than some people, but, you know, I'm not. I'm not, if I'm above average, it's not that far right. above average. You're right? not a Harvard so, grad, are you? No, no. 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 <laughs> um, I'm I'm basically just a dork. I have moments of genius is what I like to describe it as, right? Uh, every now and again, yeah, I'll be going through life, I'm just a basic dork, and then I'll say something to do something, people people will be like, that's pretty good, or that's a smart yeah. move, right? Like barbecue. And, and and that'll be my moment of genius, yeah. you know, for, I'll get two or three of them in a year or yeah. something like that, and, and that's really about it. Uh, it's just that... You know, I've been able to dedicate some time to it. Yeah, you. This is where you've chosen to direct your free time and, and right. energy is towards these subjects right. versus mm-hmm. someone else. But and I think not only are people busy uh, because of yeah, two to three income households and all that, but also that it's you mentioned effort and it's even if you have some free time, a lot of people are just so tired from their busy lifestyles, kind of soulless. You know, corporate clock in, clock out um, lifestyles. And I think health, health has a lot to do with it as well. Mental health. I was certainly there. I spent a a lot of time in sort of the the corporate technology environment, startup companies and tech companies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for those opportunities because I was able to afford my lifestyle. I was able to be a musician for 22 years in the Seattle area. And, you know, that was the fuel for my, my art, right? Uh, my art never paid for itself. It's not that I never got paid. I, we got paid frequently. It was just the investment always exceeded the amount that we received in return. Yeah. Uh, and so there was never really a profit. Right. But that's, that's it. just monetary. What you got out of it. Right. What, what I got out of it you, was. You can't put a price on it. No, I can't. I got out uh, like a brotherhood of musicians. Right. Right. And I mean that in, you know, encompassing all genders. Right. right. Uh, it wasn't just men, but like uh, there groupies, it, a large, <laughs> a large group of musicians, rock and roll style, heavy metal style musicians in the Seattle area 
that all know each other, and they will all get together and do charity events. Mm-hmm. And these charity events are like family reunions. Like, oh, Dave, I haven't seen you yeah. since. Oh, you're in this band now? Right. Not that. Oh, no, you're still in that band, but you're in two bands like, now or three bands. Song. Or, yeah. yeah, all that you kind of stuff. community out of it. Yes, yes. And also helped community, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, gave assistance when, when we could and, you know, where we thought it was necessary, depending on, you know, what you were into and, you know, that kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah, uh, lifelong friendships. Like, I was talking the other day about even though I moved from Seattle to New Hampshire, I used to move a lot before I moved to Seattle, uh, you know, every couple of years on average, something like that. Uh, and I've been all around the country in different places and that kind of thing. The move from Seattle to New Hampshire is the first time I've retained friendships from the previous place because it's easier now, right? You got cell phones and apps and, right. you know, messaging and social media and all that kind of crap. So it's way easier to stay in touch with people now than it has ever been. And so I've been able, not all of them, but some, some key friends from back in the Seattle area, I talk to sometimes daily, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's amazing to me that like that's happened. And I've actually been able to get in touch with some people from, you know, a couple of moves ago, other places that I've lived through social media and that kind of thing. So so there is benefit to all of this, uh, but it's just easier now with the advent of technology. So I don't want to sit here and, you know, fear monger technology because my position is technology is a tool. Mm-hmm. It's like a hammer. A hammer can be used to build a house or to bash Smash somebody's brain. Right. <laughs> right. Like, no, to kill right, a person. Or to kill a person. Right. Right, it, it's, yeah. it's the person behind the tool using right. the tool. Mm-hmm. So it's never the technology itself that you need to fear. It's the person directing the technology. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, AIs can do a bunch of amazing things and, and might well be so important that we can't uh, fathom existing without them in the very near future. Are they going to take over and kill you? No. What's going to happen is there's going to be some evil people who are using AI for their evil purposes. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be some good people using AI for their good purposes. And the the story is just going to continue about mankind. There's going to be a set of psychopaths trying to control everybody. And there's going to be a set of non-psychopaths going, hey, we'll all be way better off with more freedom for everyone. Mm-hmm. You just flashed me back to like 70s and 80s movies where there's always the point where it's like, this is amazing, but what if it falls into the wrong hands? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's where uh, most folks think, oh, we need government for that. Well, to no. keep it out of the wrong No, government is the, <laughs> the wrong, wrong hands. Hand. Yeah. But a- AI, you would look at AI, anything done by AI as not being right-leaning or left-leaning, right? A computer, how could it be right-leaning or left-leaning? It but, can't. But it's basically aggregating all of this stuff over the internet. So if you want the AI computer to talk about Fast and Furious, well, it's going to take the first 50 results of of Google, which is all about the movie. And then, oh, and it also was a gun-running thing under the Obama administration. Right. Like, it'll write, write an, article, an article about that. Right. You have to know in advance that there are two different things labeled Fast and Furious in order to tell the AI which one you want it to uh, execute a task about. Mm. Uh, you have to know that in advance. You mm. can't depend on AI knowing that. Ah, so, so it's not that. But that's not that intelligent, right? AI is just—it's yeah. Oh, it's smart. No, it's 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 a dumb program. It's it garbage only, in, garbage out. It only will deliver what the task is that you set it out to do. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More free talk live is on the way. Give us your calls and thoughts on AI. More coming up.
Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Unfortunately, due to government meddling, the company that partnered with Dash to offer Dash Direct is leaving the crypto business. However, they weren't the only provider of discounted gift cards for Dash. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. You could actually live off your Dash using bitrefill.com. Plus, many of their gift cards come with a discount. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Free Talk Live. And we're back. It is Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Elvis has left the building. (laughs) He did not leave his blue suede shoes. (laughs) The phone number, if you'd like to join us, 603-283-6160. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Off-grid Angie. And classic. (laughs) I just have to do it because Nikki's not here. Maybe Jerome will call in, and we'll we'll have to have you fill in with the choo choo as well. Okay. All right. Uh, before we go on with the show, uh, this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and has implemented some really cool features to ensure it is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a tech standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and the network is protected from the 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get, and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That's Dash.org. Get the Dash Direct app. Uh, no, actually don't. No? Don't. No, it's, uh, it no longer works. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's uh, been out of commission for quite some time. We've been talking about it here for I don't know, Where a month have I been, now. under a rock? Yeah. Uh, I realize you, uh, you have some property that you've been busy working on yes yes. Uh, and so you know i i get that you're not listening to free talk live right 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 right. uh the dash direct app uh went away because of some government regulation some government interference oh that didn't that they were like we're it's just not our forte so what there is though there is a a website called bitrefill.com Okay. And Dash is accepted there, and it allows you to do uh, all of the gift card stuff that the Dash oh. Direct app used to allow you to do. So you could still get your gift cards. You could still use it to help you live off of crypto by using mm-hmm. Dash. Uh, you just have to use bitrefill.com. 
uh, for those needs. And so Dash was very, very kind to let all their customer base know in advance uh, that the Dash Direct app was going away. And they also were very kind in making sure that BitRefill uh, was on board with Dash as one of their cur- accepted currencies and that they had all of the same uh, you know, gift cards available that the Dash Direct app also had. Let me get so. on the app. Get on the app. <laughs> uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, folks. Yeah, I'm going to take the take you back to the first part of the hour um last hour i want to talk about the chemtrails but i got to preface it with a couple things in order for it to make sense okay you know how uh north and south of the equator the toilet bowl spins in opposite directions so i've been told Earth, huh so i've been told okay well i've I've, i actually talked to a guy that was down there and he said he's seen a cat that had two toilets set up like 15 feet apart with the equator going right down the middle, and they indeed did spin the opposite direction. Wow. What would happen on the equator? So anyway. Um, Ian it spins Field back up in your face. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Major. But, uh, there we go. How about that? But, uh. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Ian Field had a call about, uh, I think, they were probably covering one of the typhoons over in Australia or something. I don't remember the particulars of it. But uh, he came up with uh, some definition of a typhoon that I had never heard of before. A typhoon spins counterclockwise. A hurricane spins clockwise. And the seas north of the equator spin when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing clockwise, and the seas south of the equator spin counterclockwise. You're talking about the the currents of the oceans and the seas, right? Yeah, yeah. And the clouds, henceforth, follow the currents of the ocean and spin clockwise and counterclockwise. For tropical storms. Well, I actually, a buddy of mine pulled this up on the Internet, and I couldn't believe it. He showed me one of those uh, maps from the satellites and whatnot of the cloud patterns out over the Pacific. And they have been doing chemtrail experiments out there with such ferocity that they have managed to change the cloud pattern to spin counterclockwise north of the equator on the Pacific. Wow. Which could potentially bring typhoons to the West Coast. And they're about having a fit about one little hurricane that developed from natural circumstances coming at the Baja right now. That's the that's the real climate change right there is is governments <laughs> and, the and yeah, like messing around with Mother Nature. They're actually causing horrific potential things, potentially horrific things. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, by monkeying around in places that they don't need to be. There's no need for mankind to control the weather. The weather's going to be the weather. It's going to rain where it's going to rain. It's going to be dry where it's going to be dry. Let Mother Nature handle all of that because it's been doing a great job thus far. Except in New Hampshire. <laughs> it's been raining too much. I, you know, I mean, nature happens. You don't fight Mother right. Nature. But all of this stuff is, is military applications like Operation Popeye. In, in, well, yeah, in, they're, the only, they're the only ones that can get funding. Right. You've got to work for the evil people to get funding, which mm-hmm. brings in more mad scientists. Which screws us all. Right. Which, I mean, too much rain can destroy crops. Not mm-hmm. enough rain can destroy crops. So yeah. they can basically control weather, controlling food. Yeah, but all Don't that stuff. Remember all the independent almond farmers, I think it was out in California? It was like a 10-year drought. Everybody's orchard died. 
And that was all because California wanted to get any, get rid of anybody with a hardwood backbone. Like, like I could understand if something had happened where, like, food production has taken a hit across the globe by fifty percent. Like, they might be researching that, and like, but like, nothing like that has happened yet. <laughs> it's well, it's happened. It just hasn't happened as a result of nature. It's happened right. as a result of burning down a whole bunch of <laughs> food production. Right, plants. but it's also happened as government subsidizes farmers to not grow stuff. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, they're artificially restricting yes. what farmers can and will grow by paying them not to grow stuff. Correct. Also, well, we've lot- we've known for quite some time that there is more than enough food on planet Earth to feed all of the people on planet Earth a couple of times over. So we don't have a problem growing enough food or even making enough food for people to eat. What we have is a distribution problem. And if government got out of the way, the market would take over and provide efficient distribution worldwide. Right. Provided you can pay. Well, I mean, nothing's for free, bro, unless you grow your own, which, you know, hey, people can do that, too. Like like hydroponics is a thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's a lot of places like, uh, what is it, Ethiopia? I think they got like six feet of black topsoil, but they ain't got enough water to grow a sprout a kernel of corn. And so it's been, you know, destitute and impoverished forever. Yeah, I mean, so has uh, New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, well, in New Mexico, there's not only no water, the soil's poor, too. Right. I mean, there's some places on Earth men ain't just supposed to live, like, you know, the de- deserts in Arabia and whatnot. Yeah, the only thing that can survive there is a freaking camel and a scorpion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a reason that that people migrated to like, oh, I don't know, uh, the cradle of civilization, right? Mesopotamia, right? The the three rivers that came together, right? Uh, because everything would grow there, right? And it right. was a place of abundance, and so uh, people instinctively knew, hey, I'm going to live over here because there's plenty of water and food will grow and I can raise my family and feed everybody and, you know, be productive and all that kind of stuff. You don't go move yeah, into, yeah. you know, the Las Sahara. To, yeah. <laughs> don't move to Las Vegas. But even where, even where, so... Where there's, water, where there's water, there's trees. Where there's trees, you can build whatever you need. You can, you know, you got fuel. Right. You got wood for weapons you got whatever you need you're missing so one resource anybody that had any kind of standing back in ancient times you know they held on to whatever patch of timber they had what's the resource angie the sun the sun right yeah if they block out the sun well so. yeah then all of a sudden they're in control of everything that's right. Like, right. Oh, do you want some sun we'll turn the sun back on for you if you've paid pay a tax right yeah yes <laughs> You remember the old Beatles song? I remember they brought up, and they'll figure out a way to tax the air or something like tax that. Man. Yeah, tax they, man. They already have. The FCC claims to own the air. I can't say certain words over the air. The FCC will, uh, you know, fine us or whatever. Well, I know it helps if you throw in a little brogue where it garbles the computer and they can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, the FAA claims to own the air. Uh, NASA also claims to own the air, the upper reaches of they the own, atmosphere. No, they own space. Uh, they claim to own in, yeah, right. outer you space. You can't take a, like that guy the from photo. Canada took the, sent right. the rocket up there and took a picture of space and it was copyright. Right. NASA <laughs> filed a copyright suit against the guy because we own space. Did, did, did this start with Space Force? No, it was a Canadian, an amateur rocketeer, right? Built a rocket, put a camera on it, 
sent it up. It got, you know, just far enough above the atmosphere to take a picture of like the curvature of the atmosphere and like the the stars and space behind it. And then the rocket came back down. He retrieved the rocket. He got the photo. He posted it to his social media. And the next thing you know, he's getting sued by NASA for copyright infringement. That's nuts. That is nuts. That's true. Welcome to the world. Yeah. I remember one time when we were little kids, we sent a, a mouse up in an Estes rocket. Put him in the nose bone, kind of patted him up with cotton and whatnot. What was the name of the mouse? He, he, we never named him. He was just a mouse. You dog. don't name a mouse like that when you said, I mean, you could have called him Buzz or something. Astro Mouse? <laughs> anyway, so you well, send a mouse. If I, did name, if I did name the mouse, it was like probably better than 50 years ago, and I plumb forgot. So you have to forgive me on that one. Did you, anyways, did you retrieve the mouse? There's a small after blast that ejects the nose cone in the parachute, and uh, we had him tied to the parachute, but he didn't make it. <laughs> I don't know if it was the atmosphere height that, that whacked him or, or the uh, small blast ejecting the parachute. Like I said, we tried to pat him up with cotton balls and stuff, but it didn't work. Should have used bubble wrap. <laughs> I don't think they had bubble wrap back then. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, so you did find the mouse in the parachute? It's just the mouse was dead? Yeah, we tied him right to the nose cone. Wow. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, Shocking. Crazy, crazy. Kids come up with some nutty stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember it, that old Doris Day movie, Please Don't Eat the Daisies? Mm-hmm. All the stupid things you got to tell children not to do? <laughs> don't eat the daisies? <laughs> Well, I I don't remember that movie actually. Yeah, well, this was this was before your time. I remember seeing it as a kid. It was probably a fifties, but it was colorized. <laughs> okay. Anything else, Major? Mm, no, nothing's popping into my head. All right, thanks for the call, man. Major Payne, everybody. But uh, but uh, like call. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's get this one out of the way. It's Skeeter. You're on Free Talk Live. Yo, it's your boy, Little Skeet. Shoosh. Was that, hey. was that a shoosh? Was that a shoosh? Uh, that wasn't I wanted a sh- to talk about, like, um, well, mainly I wanted to talk about that new, what that new chick mentioned earlier about indoctrination in uh, grade school. Um, but first, um, I had a couple comments on some of the other things you were talking about. Well, let's go, let's, go with the indo- let's go with the indoctrination. That sounds interesting. Oh, let me let me get rid of these two real quick. I mean, they're just, they're smaller. I wanted to concentrate on what the indoctrination later. But first, Captain, you mentioned efficiency. Yeah. With the market, you're going to have to choose between efficiency and freedom. The market will and the market will force you to choose efficiency. That's not true. Uh, but yeah, we can discuss that some other time. But first, uh, hey, if there's no global warming, why the hell am I in the middle of a hurricane in California? Are you in the middle of a hurricane? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it's this uh, maybe it's this Hillary. geoengineering that's going on. Well, how do you explain the biblical floods in China? Uh, well, they happened in biblical times before global warming, so it stands <laughs> to reason they'll happen again as a and result as a result of nature. In Canada and Maui. What about those? Ah, that's all. They're, they're they're just burning people out yeah, of the don't, countryside. Don't you get watch the, the news, cities. My gosh, man! <laughs> all right, let's get all to your main thing. Let's get to your main thing. <laughs> Okay, indoctrination in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know uh, what they really indoctrinate into kids to make them believe that exists. It exists, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Rights and freedom. That's what they indoctrinate people into believing in. 
Well, okay, so so check this religion. out, Skeeter. Check this out, Skeeter. If you were to put children into, you know, I don't know, seven hours a day, uh, five days a week, uh, classroom inv- type environment where they were all forced, if you will, or made to stand up and put their hand over their heart and pledge allegiance to the swoosh yeah. of yeah. the United yeah, of the United Corporation of, of Nike yeah. and to the swoosh mark for which it stands, right? How are they going to come out of that at the end? Uh, what they have done is they have created a religion, and the religion yeah. is called statism. Yeah, you remember uh, you remember the part where you go to social studies and they teach you about the Bill of Rights and how free you are in the U.S. Yeah, that, all that, that is part of the indoctrination. It's That's yeah, all no, you're, part of the indoctrination. You're, you're spot and on you with that. Still believe in that? You guys still believe in that religious status stuff? No, I do not. That's what I'm saying. I do not. Yeah, you do. No, no I so, don't. You guys social don't believe in natural rights. Social studies is now current events. But do you guys believe in natural rights or not? Natural rights are different from the rights that are written down and ascribed to the religion of statism. Uh, they're pretty similar. It's pretty similar to the Ten Commandments, too. Natural rights exist whether it, you believe in them or not. Natural rights exist whether you believe in them or not. No, they don't. How come I don't believe in them? Well, because well, I mean, because well, well, you are a very special person, Skeeter. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the number. Uh, hey, let's that, talk about the new chick, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we talked none about, and you know he didn't. You know, right? Uh, that's the problem with Skeeter is he's scattered. He hung himself. Yeah, he often does. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. You know, if he wants to, you know, call and hang himself on live national radio again and again and again, yeah. we're probably the only uh, radio program that. That will tolerate him in such a fashion. So it's entertainment. Uh, yeah, we we do our best, but uh, uh, indoctrination is real. Uh, look up John Taylor Gatto. Uh, you know, read his books. He won Teacher of the Year multiple times. Uh, he won awards for going into school systems that were completely failing uh, and turning classes around, uh, getting kids to learn in environments where it was impossible for them to do so previously. And he came out. Uh, and wrote a book, several books, actually, uh, that basically are just damning the public school system. He's like, the system is not designed to educate your children. It is based on the Prussian factory worker training system, where literally all that was designed. This is where, like, the rows come from in the classroom environment. It's from the Prussian factory training program. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was designed to make obedient workers. It was designed to train people fast enough to operate the machinery to manufacture things like ammunition and bombs. And so they needed a way to train people quickly with the least amount of resistance. And they developed this Prussian system for training people. That made its way into the schooling systems over in in Europe. And then some uh, people from the U.S. flew over there to see this. And they're like, we got to have this over here. Think about the, the... what we can accomplish by brainwashing our people with this method. Uh, we'll take over schooling completely, right? The government did because yeah, they used to they have did. no hand in schooling whatsoever. Right. Uh, and then this Prussian model sort of took over everything around the world. And now we have what we have because of it. Obedient workers who rarely question the narrative that they are taught. Right. That's most people today. Yes. How do you know so much? Because obedient people just watch whatever on TV. Right. I don't know. 
Well, you've been trained to sit in a row and listen to the person presenting in front of you and believe what they have to say and just take that and, and run with it. Right. And that's what people repeat throughout their lives. These people who watch CNN all the time, these people who watch Fox News all the time, and they're glued to it. It's in the background. They're letting it sort of feed their brain instead of seeking it out individually and explicitly on purpose. Uh, if if you're letting TV feed you like that, you need to stop it right now. You'll be a better person for it in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I speak from experience on that. You you just made me think of something too. So it um, the having having someone of authority, right? Mm-hmm. That that juxtaposition of you and the uh, authority figure yes. uh, that starts in the classroom and then continues through work, life, jobs, you know, corporate. Uh, and uh, for like for decades, I mean, for most of my life uh, until recently, I, I sort of always assumed that I was like the least educated person in the room or just the least knowledgeable person. It didn't no matter what room that was, I could be at like a keg party and I would be like, I know the least. Everybody in here knows more than me. Everybody's so much and that's a product of that, of being constantly and and probably maybe it's a little bit amplified because I'm like a little blonde girl. Right. But um, and there's a whole thing around that, too. <laughs> but. But it's I, I, anyway, that no, just, you're, you set that off in my head. I'm like, that's really interesting. Yeah, you're spot on. That's where that comes from. They've given you the model. Yeah. And that's why yeah. uh, if you look at uh, uh, I'm trying to remember uh, the Milgram experiments. Right? If you're not familiar with this, it's something very interesting uh, to to look into. Basically, what they did is they took uh, some people and said, hey, uh, we're going to pay some money to be in this study. Uh, and we want you to come in. Uh, and, uh, somebody's going to come in and give you some instructions and, uh, you know, when it's done, you know, we'll pay you the money. And they're like, okay. So, uh, these people would come in, uh, a guy in a lab coat would come in with like a clipboard or whatever. Oh, right. And they would have somebody on the other side of the wall that they couldn't see, but in, in the other room. And then they'd have a machine that they would put this, uh. Oh, is this Stanford ex- like the uh, it's similar the zapping it is yeah, yeah oh, the, the milgram zapping. experiments yeah. where like where like they would okay i need you to press these two levers it's going to shock mm-hmm. the person on the other side of the wall and they would press the levers and the person would go, ah or whatever right and they you know and then they'd say well okay now press the next one like well do i have to the experiment requires us to continue they would say mm-hmm. and so because of that paradigm that authority paradigm the guy with the clipboard yeah. even people who you know would swear up and down that they would never hurt another right. person conformed to the the, the apparent authority right. not even the stated authority he was right? an actor probably. it was an, yeah it <laughs> yeah. was an actor that they I've hired i watched those videos yeah. actually That's and it's yeah. like and so most people regardless of how noble they might be and you know might think they are will actually just follow the direction of authority blindly regardless of the what harm it causes another human right which now i'm imagining like every pharma commercial ever where you've got like somebody and some actress standing there in a white coat yeah. with a clipboard Person telling in the you lab to yeah. ask your doctor about i'm not know. a doctor but i play one on tv side effects include blah, blah, spontaneous blab. bleeding yeah. and growth of a third eye <laughs> <laughs> Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the phone number if you'd like to join us here on Free Talk Live. Uh, do you feel indoctrinated? Do you feel like there's a model for you to conform to authority? What is authority? Give us a call. More Free Talk Live is coming up.
So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about, but it's, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand it's about demonstrating to the entire country that, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market, making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. Telephone number is 603-283-6160. You sound like a monk or a robot. Yeah. I, don't know. I believe this is how all of the Gregorian chants go. It's, 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 you just stay monotone throughout the entire thing until the very last syllable. <laughs> that is right. Once you get to the very last syllable, you have to drop very low. <laughs> It's almost like people who talk with the question mark. It's Free Talk no, Live? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160? Right. Exactly. In the studio tonight, it's Captain? Oh, Off-Grid Angie? And Classic? <laughs> we'll get to your calls and God. thoughts in a minute. Uh, <laughs> We've taken things way y'all, too y'all far. Y'all and all y'all. Oh, y'all. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160, if you want to call. We'll get to your calls in just a minute. Before we go on... Call free, y'all calls. We'll get, to, we'll get all y'all's calls. Uh, free Talk Live listeners, we are asking you for a favor. As you probably already know, Ian Freeman, the show's founder, was recently convicted of victimless crimes and is facing up to 20 years in prison. We can argue all day as if to the uh, argue all day as if the jury was mistaken, but that's not going to get us anywhere. What will be helpful is for you to write a letter to the Honorable Joseph LaPlante about Ian's character, how he's helped the community, and why you think he deserves a light sentence. Saying things about yourself that give your opinion weight with government will also be helpful, like if you held office or former military, something like that would be uh, helpful to mention. Ian is. An extremely selfless guy. I've seen this repeatedly out of the man. Uh, he has even checked me at times where I'd say something. He'd be like, well, Captain, don't you think that would be a bit dishonest? Did you see what shirt he was wearing today? What was it? It says, I already, I already was. Uh, I'm, or, already, I'm against already against the next, the next war. war. Yeah. yeah, it's a great <laughs> yeah. shirt. Right. Uh, he's always tried to do what he thinks is right, and it would be a tragedy if he had to spend any time in prison at all. We do need these letters quickly, so don't put it off. Send your letter for Ian Freeman to 63 Emerald Street, number 610, Keene, New Hampshire, 03431. If you didn't get that complete address written down, that's okay. All the info you need is at letters.freetalklive.com. That's letters.freetalklive.com. 
All right. Uh, we have more show prep, but we are a live call-in show, so let's go to Chris calling from Kentucky. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to your call screener and telling him when you were talking about, you know, when, uh, workers and working in the field. There was a guy. I'm originally from New Harmony, Indiana area. Okay. And there was a guy. There were two communal societies, uh, Harmony Society first, and the second was a Robert Owen from New Lanark, Scotland. He had this thing with a silent monitor, and it would have black if you're doing bad, uh, white if you're doing great, yellow and blue, and they would turn that in the in the workplace in the uh, in the linen, uh, the woolen mill they had in New Lanark, and he brought that over to the states. Well, the society failed, but his one son David Dale Owen did the first six state geological survey. Mm-hmm. And his other son was a United States senator from Indiana, Robert Dale Owen. If you've seen the the castle, the main building of the Smithsonian, that was their the two brothers did that. David Dale made told his brother use this type of stone, red sandstone, mm-hmm. and then they did that. But anyhow, they uh, that is what they have done. And I was telling him about you know how South Park's gotten well, a lot of the future right. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> And the Simpsons. And, uh, yeah, I know yeah. it's funny. But, you know, what could happen? I don't know. We're in this republic, and if it goes like Star Wars, we could see ourselves going from Star, you know, from the Grand Re- to from the Republic to the Grand Empire. And, you know, we might have a, a Sith Lord as our emperor. Well, I contend that we're already there. Yeah, and we- the United States is an empire. Uh, sure, we have a rotating dictator every four years or whatever it is, or the opportunity for one. But outside of that, uh, like the United States has bases all over the world, right? So many military bases that, uh, uh, like the ones we know about at least, uh, are far more than any other military power in all of history. If, if folks believe that the United States is not an empire, I urge you to look into the number of military bases around the world. Uh, I urge you to look into something called democide, and then I also urge you to look into uh, the death toll uh, from military actions that the United States has taken, not just wars, right? Because we know that uh, at least in the last so oh, 30 years or so uh, no actual war has been declared yet the bombs continue to drop so anyway go ahead oh yeah yeah i mean uh, it's interesting cuz there's a lot of times when i i never served in the military but i'll ask veterans i'll say you know what was it like in afghanistan what was it like in iraq you know what did you see and yeah. it's interesting what you hear is they give you a slant that you don't see that the media brings in or other things, and you might get some of it from social media, you know, from videos that people do, and get a, a sample of it. But it's it, you know we're we're all over the place, even you, you know most of the world, and in countries we don't even know. And how in the world we invade the right country is sometimes beyond me, with Americans not knowing their geography. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, there's things like global positioning satellites, and uh, you, you know, the military is smart enough to uh, take the smarter uh, recruits, if you will, and put them in positions of like logistics and coordination and that kind of thing. And and the the lower IQ people, well, they're the grunts, 
right? They're the the boots on the ground, if you will, the following the orders, the carrying of the guns, the moving of the uh, munitions and the equipment and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting how I mean the world is big, but yes, it is still small. And just even where I'm at in Owensboro, Kentucky, right now, they have a lot of Af- they have Afghani um, refugees that came over, you know, at, at the end of the war, mm-hmm. and they some of them are really doing well. They've got a restaurant, an Afghanistan restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Afghani food already started, so they're entrepreneurs too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the one nice thing of our country, but for how long we have, you know, our freedoms and everything. And I was telling the guy earlier, you can't go anywhere without cameras. You know, so everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got a ring camera. Everybody's got a, you know, cell phone with a camera. Even driving along Interstate 10, you know, if you're in Florida, yep. uh, going from Pensacola to Tallahassee and De- or to Jacksonville, look along that interstate, all those cameras now. Uh, well, and, and, and try this once, uh, if, you, if you can, uh, Chris. Name an area of your life that government has zero involvement in. We'll wait. I can't. <laughs> uh, you, you can't. Uh, uh, I just had on my washer the, the child safety lock break today. And I've got to get the repairman. It's under warranty, mm-hmm. but uh, they've got to come out and change the child safety lock, you know, from just that. <laughs> and, you know, like your toilets can't have, you know, can only flush so much water. Right. And they're in everything. Yeah. Just... Yeah. yeah well, land of the free, huh? Yeah. We were talking, I forgot what the other topic we were talking about today is like if you're having a fire in your backyard. Don't just have a bonfire, but have a package of hot dogs in case the fire department comes over and says, hey, you can't have a bonfire here. And you have the package of hot dogs. You say, well, no, I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> so it basically gets them out of your way. What was the other uh, we were talking today about? Uh, I forgot. But it's just just where you can't sell eggs on the side of the road. So we'll sell the carton right. for $2 and we'll give you the eggs for right. free. Right. Yeah. Just, just free eggs yeah. just by the carton. <laughs> just by the carton. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There, there are so many. I mean, we keep hearing about uh, repeatedly. And we've talked about it, I don't even know how many times on Free Talk Live. It just keeps happening. Like, you know, some kids, you know, they're like, hey, we heard about this idea of putting up a lemonade stand. <laughs> right. right. And inevitably the man comes down, the cops show up, you know, and issue a ticket, the give them department. a fine for not having a license to, yeah. you know, sell or street vendor license or whatever. You know, we're talking six, right. eight, ten-year-old kids. Right. Right. You know, for, you know, 25 cent cups of lemonade. Right. Like it, the government feels that that is a big enough threat that it needs to send their armed agents to put a stop to it. But, you know, when that happens and people find out about it, they get pissed like they're shutting down these kids who are doing. But if a business says, well, we just don't have this right license. Yeah. Yeah. Put it put. Yeah. Shut that restaurant down. They're yeah. out of it. So so it's for the OK for the kids to have a lemonade stand. But if your restaurant you know, has one little piece of grease on the floor. They shut the restaurant down. Oh my God, health department shut them down. Why? Yeah. Because, you know, one little thing like the refrigerator was at 46 degrees instead of 45. So the right. restaurant gets shut down and everyone's like, yeah, health department shut them down. Never go there. Put them out of business. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, it, in fact, in the absence of government, how do, you know, restaurants maintain cleanliness, right? Well, it's a, it's a market force is what it is. So there's a couple of ways this happens. One, uh, the quality of your product, right? Uh, like 
if you have a place that is unsanitary, the quality of your product is not going to be very high. And if people get sick, it's only going to take a couple of people getting sick before people stop coming to your place. Right. Right. So well, if you look at the bathroom, really, if you go into a restaurant, you go into the bathroom first. Yep. And if the bathroom's spotless, then you know they're the, pretty legit. The other way is for some entrepreneur to invent uh, some sort of a free market system where maybe as part of like your insurance or something they could they could partner up with or even as an independent standalone service uh, offer something similar to like UL listing. Uh, if you look on the bottom of almost any electronic piece, right. uh, it'll say UL, United Laboratories, certified, right? Independent laboratory. This is not a government thing. This is an independent business that says, hey, if you subscribe, if you let our people come in and sort of inspect your process, uh, you know, we'll tell you where you're, where you're going right, where you're going wrong. We have some experience at this. Uh, and if all is well, we'll allow you to put our logo on your stuff so anybody who buys it knows. Good housekeeping. Yeah. Seal of approval. Seal of approval, yeah. So it'd be real easy for every community to have their own version of this for restaurants specifically and be like certified by, you know, Bob's certification yeah. company or whatever. Friends of the town. Right. We love it. Real easy for, for that to occur because if it has value... People will pay for it in the absence of government, right? It's just that instead of it only being offered by one organization, government, and then enforced by violence, you could have multiple organizations. And if you don't like the way Bob's restaurant certification goes, you can hire a different entity to do your restaurant certification. Maybe they figured out a way to do it better or with less interference or, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe you don't like the way your current companies do. Maybe their price is too high. Maybe they're too intrusive. Maybe, you know, a lot of things. Well, you could actually fire them and hire a different company, which you cannot do with something like a government-appointed health board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have a three different companies and say, like, we're going to give you a 20-point inspection. We're going to give you a 50-point inspection. We're going to give you a 100. So if you pass that 100-point inspection, people know that that's the way to go. But yeah. if you just want to pay the little bit, get the 20-point inspection, all right, well, they passed. It's good. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just putting in uh, more. He's still thinking of, uh, of ways that the government's not involved. With. Yeah, <laughs> He's I mean, like, I can't do. find <laughs> one area of my life where the government's not involved. Yeah, I'm just, we're manly here in the Midwest. Uh, we don't like to butt in, you know, set people off on talking. I was but, just letting uh, you know that it was your turn to talk. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because you see that. I mean, uh, on, you know, just. Okay, where I'm at, around the Evansville, Indiana area, mm-hmm. the health department, somebody there likes to put in there, uh, in their health reports, bathrooms that do not have the self-closing mechanism to shut the door behind them. That is a biggie you always see. That's required by the health department? Yes, yes, yes. It's like a fire door. What? <laughs> I don't understand yeah, I'm, the, you're like, the logic uh, there. Yeah. I don't know why. In case people forget to close the door when they're in the bathroom, (laughs) we don't want to see you on the toilet. And you get a waft of, you know. (laughs) It's got to close automatically. Yeah, or, you know, like you see on the mattress, do not take off penalty of whatever. Oh, man, I should be in jail like several times just from that alone. I think that's the next Trump indictment. (laughs) They got him on that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that would be... I don't know. Who knows what we'll see there? On uh, they'll get him for jaywalking or something, or <laughs> not rewinding the blockbuster videos. <laughs> yeah, nineteen eighty-seven uh, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how 
all that transpires. Um, and we'll see exactly what, you know, what will happen in the future. And, yep. you know, will he get a fair trial in, you know, Washington, New York, Atlanta? I, I mean, um, I still say, I maintain that nothing is going to happen. It's just a yeah. whole bunch of hubbub to fill the news with uh, things that are completely unimportant to everybody. Uh, nothing is going to happen. Uh, like everybody's like, oh, but it's unprecedented the number of times. And it's like, I, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. No former president has ever been punished for anything. Dog and pony show. Let's not talk about Maui. Let's talk about something else. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you never, uh, you never see anything. Uh, like, I voted for Bill Clinton two times. I mean, I would almost vote, vote for him for a third time. I still have. I even voted for John Kerry, and I still have a, a John Kerry for President T-shirt at home. In a, in Sorry a to hear that. No. I know, and sometimes I wear that, and people are like, "Oh God." Uh. They're like, you really drank the Kool Aid. Oh, I, mean, I don't no, have I mean, a I'm, private jet. I mean, I'm I'm sorry that you voted. <laughs> oh, voted? Yeah. At all? Yeah, at all? Like it's useless. <laughs> there's there's no point to voting. Uh, statistically, your vote is per- perfectly meaningless. Has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, it might make you feel good, uh, and if it does, uh, it's a false sense of feel good. Well, you get that right? little sticker. Yeah, the, oh yeah, I got a sticker. Yeah, I got a oh, participation so sticker. Good. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but but your vote effectively yeah. did did nothing uh, when it comes to voting for presidents. Yeah, I don't know if you notice. Like, I don't know if they do it in other states. Like, I guess you guys are in New Hampshire or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Indiana, we get to vote on our delegates for the electoral college, and they publish in the newspapers and on TV who your delegates are. Mm-hmm. And I know some of our delegates. I've got a master's in political science. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I always keep up on that. And I've never been selected. I'm not that active in the political <laughs> parties and giving money. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many billions going to take to get into the White House this time around. But yeah, I, we still see it. Trillions. Can we just take like four years off of government? Yeah. Can we just turn the government off for like four years and let us pause and, and, and see what happens? Because I, I, I think it'll be just fine. A government shutdown? We can't pay the bills. No, no, no. Just a pause. We can't pay the president. Just just a pause and see how it goes. And if it goes well, just leave it off. Right. Just not have one. Just, yeah. just a tax holiday. And a, <laughs> tax uh, holiday. You know, like a Labor Day weekend, we have government freedom. and uh, Yeah, we'll call it government jubilee. Right, oh, four yeah. years of of peace, if you will. Let's try four days first. <laughs> you know, probably take longer give, than four give, days. Give but, people a little taste of it. But like, I mean, we have such technology now that information can travel so fast that anybody doing anything nefarious to anybody else, that information would travel so fast to the correct groups that need to hear it, need to know about it. That uh, like literally most of the government bureaucracy would be rendered completely useless. Uh, within a very short period of time, right? We have things like blockchain technology that can replace all of the government, uh, we'll call it officiating, right? Record keeping? Currently, or or just like uh, deeds, right? Or car titles and yeah. things like that, right? All the things that people the have, have, have relied on government to provide prior to the internet and uh, blockchain technology. That, that can all go away now because we have a much better system that will do all of that without any of the cost. <laughs> right. So, like, I can ascribe uh, the title to, like, my vehicle to one Satoshi on the blockchain. And then whoever owns that Satoshi <laughs> owns my car. 
So uh, if Chris on the phone here, he wants to buy my car. Uh, I go, okay, uh, we agree on a price, let's say $5,000. Chris and I exchange $5,000. I give him the one Satoshi uh, that, has the title. that has the title on it. And as long as he owns that, that's in his possession and his wallet, now it's his car. Smart contract. Yeah. And it can all be done through a smart contract that is a repeatable model that nobody needs to go to any sort of court. You don't need to pay any fees. You don't. I don't need to sign it over to the guy. It's just part of the transaction, right? And then it's official because it's on a record that anybody can go and look up and see who is the official owner of this particular uh, title. Mm-hmm. And so if that can be done with a vehicle, it can be done with any piece of property whatsoever, thus rendering all of the bureaucracy that governments claim we need them for completely useless. We don't need them for this type of stuff. So we don't need bankers, stockbrokers? You're going to put everybody out of business, it, right? It, it can all be an app now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I know, weird, right? Let's do it. Let's take four years off and do it. It's like how they save GameStop, you know, with uh, the Robinhood app. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you do... Um, that and then who was it they got some people or uh, the sec involved and did some changes to it right so uh, the average joes don't get together in a you know like we're Colluding. doing or online <laughs> right and decide we're going to save uh try to uh, start toys r us again or save toys r us yeah right. right but blackrock can do that all day long right no problem with them yeah but a bunch of kids on the internet want to short short sell a stock yeah that's bad no, it's that that's that's what we call a market balance, right? That's yeah. how you know the market is imbalanced, right? right? Uh, because there's so much government regulation over how people uh, choose to trade with each other that when something like this comes along, that's a natural counterbalance to that unbalanced market that the government feels it's necessary to do something that makes that illegal now, right? right? And we see this time and time again. So they weren't sophisticated enough to trade stocks. How could these kids be doing this? Right. That's not sophisticated enough. Right. No, they just built an app. Yeah, they just built an app. They built an app that does it better than anyone right. else has right. ever thought to do. And you can do it. it on the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Chris? No, no, that's we've covered quite a bit. Yeah, so. hey man, thank you for the call. Feel free okay. to call us again, man. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to participate tonight. Um I'm trying to remember the. Oh yeah, uh, it was uh, some some states uh, when Uber came out. Uber was one of the most disruptive uh, apps uh, of its time. Or Airbnb. Or Airbnb too. Yeah, yeah. those types of things. Uh, when the Uber thing came out, like all of a sudden, taxi cab companies needed to rethink oh. their business model, right? But all Uber did was take advantage of people already driving to and from places, and allowed folks to ride share. Right. That that's all the app was based on. And then all of a sudden, here come the government going, well, you guys are a business. No, we're an app. (laughs) (laughs) You download a thing onto your phone. What people do with it after they download it onto the phone, totally up to them. Right, but but you're a you're, you you need to lighten. You know they were trying yeah. to shoehorn them into the same laws that they apply to a taxi cab company, which is owned by a person. Right, it's not a it's not an app. Right, like so. Right. There's this whole other method of getting things done that remains unexplored right uh, this disruptive technology of of creating services through apps right that don't conform to conventional business types and government still doesn't know what to do with it and people are afraid of government so it works out for government
Right. right. As long as they keep people afraid of what might happen, they're going to continue to stall the advancement of humankind, much less technology and bringing us new services that are better and faster. I think that's why they, they're trying to you know, clamp down on crypto, because I could pay you without oh, yeah. going through a bank and without paying tax. And now if you do things through PayPal... Well, you're gonna. I'm gonna get a 1099 that I'm paying you money, even though it's something that I've already purchased. Yep. So the crypto thing is, uh, they don't like it. Yeah, no, they don't like it because, well, it cuts out the middleman. Right. Right. And government is part of the middleman. Well, and that, isn't that the same case as with Uber? Because don't I, I may be wrong about this, but don't most taxi companies? It's very intertwined with government, right? right. With like the permitting process. Got to get a license. Oh, right, license. right. You got to so, lease your cab from the cab company in yeah. order to perform the task of driving people around. Right. Each individual must have their own cabbie license, and then the company itself must have a set of licenses. And if right. you don't have all of that, you can't do business. And they auction right. off the, the, the taxi cab seals in New York. I, I don't know if they do that mm-hmm. anymore, but we're, we're going to add another hundred taxis. Yeah. So the the taxi cab stamp that's on the hood of the car mm. gets auctioned off to taxi cab companies, yep. and the government makes a ton on it. Yep. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uber it. <laughs> yeah. It's not about protecting the taxi driver. It's about the government getting its money. That's right. 603-283-6160 is the number if you'd like to participate in tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. Coming up, we're going to talk about a man... And what he has politicians do to his balls. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Sunday night edition. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me tonight. Off-grid Angie. And classic. <laughs> Was that a question? Um, classic. And classic. Plan B. Steve Classic. Ah, there you go. That's much <laughs> right, better. Right. That's much better. Now we have something we could sample later on too. To turn my I mean? voice into a yeah, so yeah, like AI chatbot. Yeah, so like so I could I could phone it in literally. We could we could have virtual classic here. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Of course, it would cost us money to make that happen. So there's an app probably. You're you're probably cheaper than the app right now. Right. 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 You know, but perhaps sometime in the future we'll all be replaced. Maybe. I know that I I've been being replaced when it comes to doing voice work. Uh, oh right, yeah. One of my uh, one of my staples of voice work was doing voicings for phone systems, and uh, now uh, within these phone, most phones are now all digital, right? They're all in the cloud. It's yeah. all a subscription service that you pay for. There's very little equipment you need to have on sites. You just need to have phones and, and internet connections at every station. Uh, so you get these phones. Everything else is built by a person who programs your your phone tree. Your press one for sales and two for service and three for billing and all that crap. Mm. Um, somebody had to voice that stuff. That used to be you. That used to be me, at least for a bunch of different companies. Right. 
uh, mostly mom and pops and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you'd get recurring business because, oh, you know what? Dave got fired and we hired Bill and now we need to revoice, you know, this this one thing or or they'd save it up, you know, and every quarter they'd revise it or whatever it is. Every business is a little bit different with how they do things, but you get some repeat work out of that. It's all died off now because all these systems have upgraded to a point where they have built in really natural human sounding voices. Right. And so all you need to do is copy and paste the script that you want. And then in a drop down, you can pick male or female sounding voice. You can pick accent. Right. It's you like can, on your Waze app. It'll tell yeah. you in, in like a British accent. Right. You can yeah. pick whatever you want. And, and they are so smooth sounding. And so now when Dave gets fired, they just need to open up the text part of the script and replace the word Dave with the word Bob hit save, right. and it changes it, and it sounds as natural as anything I could do. Right. Female from California. Yeah. From California? Right. Press two? Well. <laughs> well, you know what I hate is, is like, when, when you go, um, the, you call the, the, like, Xfinity or whatever, like, we're, we, we're working on your uh, thing, and then you hear, like, like, they're typing or something. They really are working. Yeah. Listen to the sound of them working. Right. It's like the, you know, the person at the airport. You know, try to get your ticket. Let me see. <laughs> they just fly. Like, what are you typing? That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So <laughs> it's it's Sunday, and, and generally uh, we try to- It comes to, off the rails. We, we try to take things a little less serious from time to time here on Sundays. Uh, and so I have this article here. <laughs> our number two story tonight. It's not necessarily about- <laughs> It's not necessarily our number two story, but I mean, it's close. <laughs> it's certainly. I read this thing. Uh, Richie Rich sent it to me, and I was like, "That might be one of the greatest things I've ever read this year." Uh, from sbnation.com, Dick Bigger loves to have politicians sign his balls. <laughs> can you read that again? I can. Give me a second. <laughs> The headline reads, Dick Bigger loves to have politicians sign his balls. The subheading says, nobody has the balls that Dick Bigger does. I, uh, I want to be AI, his parents. Did AI write this? <laughs> no, I don't think AI has a sense of humor. Uh, I don't think yeah. that, that can be programmed. Uh, yeah. I think it's exclusive to humanity. But anyway, the article continues. <laughs> Pardon me. I have read through this once, so uh, anyway, here we go. Dick Bigger Jr. is a proud patriot. <laughs> Junior. Right, so there's a Dick Bigger Sr., right? The implication here is pretty obvious, right? Dick Bigger Bigger. <laughs> Dick Bigger Jr. is a proud patriot, the kind of man who loves nothing more than participating in local politics by presenting his baseballs to politicians so they can autograph them. Laugh all you want, but <laughs> we are. <laughs> but Dick Bigger has the balls to get this done. <laughs> they show a uh, uh, a tweet, a tweet, an X, whatever, whatever we're calling these things these days. Uh, it says uh, Governor J. B. Pritzker signs baseballs for Dick Bigger Jr. of Bigsville. That's oh, right, Bigsville. Dick Bigger Jr. lives in Bigsville. Wow, not Juniorsville. So, so that's senior or junior? Junior. Junior. Governor. They don't call him Little Dick Bigger? I mean, maybe they do. <laughs> I when know. he was a kid. <laughs> uh, 
Governor J.B. Pritzker signs baseballs for Dick Bigger Jr. of Bigsville during Governor's Day at the Illinois State Fair in Springfield on Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Bigger has politicians sign baseballs every year. He attends the fair and even has a ball signed by former President Obama. Only one? Uh, that's just what this tweet says. So, you know. Wait, he gets two signed by each governor or just one? I This remains unclear. Yeah, okay. This week, Dick Bigger from Bigsville held his balls in his hand at the Illinois State Fair so they could be signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker. Pritzker was happy to grab the baseballs, putting his John Hancock on the balls for Dick Bigger. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Is this the onion? This is SBNation.com. <laughs> It this is, is tremendous, this story. This, this is some of the best writing <laughs> this we've, is, we've ever had here this on this show. awesome. Like, some of, the, some of the articles we read are so poorly written. This yeah. one, tongue-in-cheek we got to thank Richie Rich through. for finding this one. This is awesome. This, this is one's not AI. It's, it's, it was really written. <laughs> you can't make this stuff you, up. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you yeah. humans can only write comedy like this. That's right. 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 Uh, so signing Bigger's balls is a rite of passage for Illinois politicians, as his balls were once signed by former President Barack Obama. It's unclear of how many of Bigger's balls have been held by politicians, but considering the farmer attends the state fair every year to get his balls signed, it's safe to say he has a lot of balls. <laughs> say that three times fast. Oh my God. That, that, that. <laughs> Okay. I took you literally. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of balls in that article. <laughs> there's a lot of balls. In the wake of the internet falling in love with Dick Bigger, we learned that his mother was named Dixie Bigger. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Uh, they have another photo of a tweet that says, not only was Dick Bigger's father also named Dick Bigger, his mother's name was Dixie Bigger, and they were all from Biggsville, Illinois. It's unclear if her maiden name was Normus. <laughs> Dixie. No, is that is that editorial? Is that Normous. really in there? Or are you making that up? It's right. It's oh, right here. Come can, on! I, I just read it off the article. Wow. I I had no hand in creating this. I am only reciting it as best I can in my best radio voice. Yes. The captain continues. Sometimes, Bigger's impressive balls can lead to opportunities. It wasn't long ago that Dick Bigger from Biggsville helped make political ads for those he supported, though without his balls, Dick Bigger got a little flustered in front of the camera. Uh, they do have a, a video here that, I, that I'm not going to play for you. Uh, we'll share this article, of course, uh, in our social media, uh, if you follow us on uh, Mastodon or Twitter or anything like that. Uh, but the, uh, the author concludes, I hope Dick Bigger and his balls have a great time at the fair. So there you go. Wow. That's the story of Dick Bigger and politicians signing his balls. Could you read that again? That is funny. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. If you miss uh, any part of this particular article, uh, you can, of course, go to the archives uh, sometime after tonight's show and find a, I may a repeat re I, or yeah, download I might, I might have to replay this segment. It's, uh, it's, it's fascinating is what it is. Yeah. Whenever I come across this kind of stuff, I, I want to meet the people who name, which now that I know that there's a senior, it's like, I want to meet the grandparents. Like right. Who, right. And you know, you, you always think of like, like you're like, kind of like a punk, you're young, whatever. And you, you think that like older people weren't like that, but they were like, we're, oh yeah we're getting old, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like we're going to be there someday. So I just imagine like, 
what, 80, 90 years ago, there was some couple that was just like, I'm going to curse my family. Let's, uh, let's curse let's the family. Let's have a little fun here. <laughs> well, let's see. Our last name is Bigger. Yeah. Mm, what will we name our son? How about Richard? Richard Bigger. <laughs> uh, like sometimes I have a problem with the way people name their children, and and it's entirely possible that either the senior or the junior Dick Bigger uh, were was annoyed and you know harassed and you know all the things that kids do to yeah. each other because of names and that kind of a thing. Um, and so sometimes I, I give parents uh, you know crap about naming their children horrible things, uh, but in this case, man, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it, I have a friend named Ephraim, and he's the Ephraim the fifth. So his oh. father was Ephraim, his grandfather was Ephraim. His father before that. Father, yeah, father before he's before the that, fifth. Yeah. Like, really, you're just going to keep that lineage going? He didn't. He he cut it with his son. Yeah. yeah. You know. Like, that's enough of the joke. <laughs> that's fine. Probably gave it a, gave the son the middle name, though, Ephraim. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's usually what happens. Hidden in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I have a message to anybody who's, oh, I don't know, under under the age of 30. Um, for the most part, people do not grow up. Right? There's this illusion that children have, uh, that adults give them, uh, that you know people change when they get older and they they get more mature and more responsible. And I'm like, not really. You like, have to pay the bills. Well, yeah, you just yeah you got to figure out how to how to make some money and get by on a daily basis and survive and you know have have some sort of connection to other carbon based life forms and that's about all you need. And so for the most part, like. If you're in in a in a public school right now and there's like a bully, that guy's probably going to be a bully for all of his life, right? That's usually how it turns out. If somebody seems to be like a smart person, they're probably going to be a smart person for most of their life, right? Uh, whatever their personality is, if that guy, oh, that guy's easily triggered, watch out. He's probably going to mm-hmm. be easily triggered for most of his life, well into adulthood. Um, we we just get older, right? That that's it. That's all there is. So. And for certain, like people are like, well, you won't understand that until you're older. Okay, maybe. There's a few cases of that. But for the most part, if you can't understand it when you're younger, chances are the person who's telling you you won't understand it until you're older doesn't understand it themselves. Or at least doesn't understand it enough to explain it to you in a way that you will understand. Well, I think there's life experiences that give you perspective. Like that's a matter of perspective. And wisdom. Yeah. Right, that comes with experience. Yeah. So, so those are real things. But right. as far as personality type and the way people function with each other, yeah. for the most part, that's all set by the time you're twelve. Right, you know, maybe even before that. Um, you go to like your high school reunion, and you're totally not like taken aback by really anything that anybody they're like oh that's jim oh same old jim you know doing the same old jim stuff that jim did back when we were in grade school or whatever right you know you might be amazed at like how fat or skinny somebody got you know since you know all that kind of thing but for the most part their personalities have stayed the same yeah yeah so yeah folks don't really change all that much they might change in physical appearance they might change in in life experience wisdom right Oh, there's Dick. He brought his balls to the reunion uh, this year again. Yep. <laughs> he had him signed. Little Dick Bigger's going to follow in his footsteps. All right. I guess we should move on. Cold segue. Uh, let's talk about a Texas school district threatens to seize 79-year-old man's home for a stadium parking lot. 
The Houston area Aldine Independent School District is considering the use of eminent domain to seize a one-acre property owned and occupied by Travis Upchurch. Before we get into this article, eminent domain is one of the most BS things that exists uh, in legal land. Uh, All it is is like if a city or county or town or whatever state even uh, decides that they want to build something and your property is in the way or they want your property to be a part of it, they can just take it from you. Well, it used to be we have to put a highway in, we have to put something critical infrastructure. Now it's like, well, we want to put a mall here so we can get more tax money. Right. So we'll, we're, we, you're out. Or they'll just burn your island down. Oh, wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the, the, the bits about like uh, like Oprah's house was spared? And like yeah. and if you look at the, 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 the map from the aerial view, that like, how is that even possible for these specific homes to have been spared? Oh, let's that? not go down the rabbit hole on Maui. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can. We got half an what hour. Was it, what was it? Maui blast, Mountain Dew, Maui Maui burst, or something? That, that was, was that the new flavor? flavor. Yeah, the new flavor of Mountain Dew that was released, like just right before this whole thing went down. Really? Get a case of that before they pull that. It's it's as if the Simpsons predicted it. Exactly. Yeah. At any rate, a family in Houston, Texas, is at risk of having their generational home seized to make way for the expansion of the adjacent. High school football stadium parking lot. So it's not even like it's not even like an NFL stadium, like you know where they rape the taxpayers right. to pay for the stadium before right. the NFL will come to town. Because those poor uh, NFL owners, right? Yeah, they can't, they, afford, they can't afford to build a, a stadium. We'll have like to charge twelve dollars for a beer to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, in April, the Aldine Independent School District voted to authorize the use of eminent domain to seize the home and surrounding acre of land currently owned and occupied by 79-year-old Travis Upchurch, as reported by the Houston Chronicle. The land has been in Upchurch's family since 1916, when his relatives first immigrated to the area from Sweden. At the time they settled there, the area was predominantly agricultural, dominated by dairy farms and pecan trees. Pecan trees? Pecan? 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 Call in now. (laughs) <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> data or data? Uh, data. See, I'm data. I, I, data. I, I say data unless I'm referring to the character from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, data. Aunt or aunt? Mm, auntie. Ooh. Yeah. Like up your auntie? <laughs> Whoa! Hey now. Uh, in poker, sure. Uh, <laughs> poker. Yeah, up the ante. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, if you want to increase the, yeah. the amount contributed to the pot, right, you up the ante. You up the ante, right? Uh, but uh, are you talking about your auntie? Like, when it's when it's my aunt, you know, the aunt. married to my uncle, it was always auntie. Oh, okay. Like a u n t i e, but not a n t i. So you don't really want to say up your auntie. Don't talk about my auntie that way. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what Dick Bigger calls his auntie. <laughs> Dixie. At any rate, we're getting off topic, as we like to do. Antsy. Antsy. Wow. Beginning in the 1970s, Aldine ISD, I don't know what that is, started purchasing up land in the area around the Upchurch property as part of the construction of its current football stadium. Today, it's surrounded on three sides by stadium parking. The vacant lot abutting the fourth side of the property is also owned by by the district, so they bought out all the property around this person's uh, acreage, one acre. 
and the military is surrounding it. Go out with your hand jobs. Well, it's, it's the county, I believe, yeah, well, it the, looks yeah. like. Uh, Aldine, city this of Aldine. Is, so right? this is a high school, and they already have parking on three of four <clears throat> sides, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. They need more parking. Uh, Electric cars only. Yeah. Uh, quote, my dad has pretty much been in a high school football team stadium parking lot since then. Travis Upchurch's daughter, Tara Upchurch, said. Tara says that she had expected Aldean ISD, uh, that that must be something school district, Aldean ISD school mm. district, would want to buy the land once her father passed away. Her family's expectations was that until then, he'd be able to stay in their longtime family home. Again, multi-generation home. Right. Kind of like Maui. <laughs> Except this is in Texas. Yeah. That expectation was upended in June when Travis Upchurch received a letter in the mail informing him that the school district was intent on purchasing his land as part of a $50 million rebuild of the existing stadium. Do high schools have $50 million? Right. In Texas, school? Texas high school? Yeah. Texas they, football. Yeah, they might. Uh, yeah, How much did the guy get? What did they offer him? Let's find We're out. Not there yet. I, I missed who, who voted on this you mentioned. Oh, who voted on this back in the uh, must be top of the article? I don't know. School that. board, you said somebody school voted. I district, this. the Houston area, blah, 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 occupied. I don't see anything about voting. Select board. Stadiums, parking, voting, blah, 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 blah. Somebody. Some, Beginning some in the official. 1970s, the Aldine School District started purchasing up land. Oh, so they just been uh, on a land buy. Surrounded by a fourth owned by the district. And this guy's this 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 guy is standing in the way of the of the of the whole thing being completed. Yeah. I mean So some contractor is gonna lose a lot of money if this guy doesn't get bought out. I, I that's okay. It's a school district in the Houston area. Aldine Independent School District. Uh, yeah. That's where the ISD I comes from. So whoever voted in the school district, whoever uh, uh eminent domain is actually voted in by the state. So the state creates the Texas. eminent domain laws okay. that, that they're attempting to use to steal this guy's land. Uh, the expectation was upended in June. Uh, it was pretty shocking, says Tara Upchurch. It was really hard to process the loss of it. Aldine School District said in a statement to the Chronicle, they tried to purchase the Upchurch property voluntarily last year, but had their offer rejected. All right, so, oh, if they don't want to sell uh, voluntarily, we'll get the force of the state involved. Men with guns now will right. threaten to take their their land away if they don't pay or else. Or they'll burn them out. Right. Uh, just remember, every law that's ever been, every law, statutes, uh, citation, you know, whatever it is, uh, anything that resembles a law uh, should be followed with or else. Or else. Backed by guns. Yeah. Uh, Tara Upchurch and her father both dispute this, saying they were never approached by the district about a voluntary purchase of their property. Mm. So show me the evidence. Right. right? Where's the evidence? After receiving the letter, Tara Upchurch said she contacted several eminent domain attorneys in the area who all told her that her options for fighting the seizure were limited to haggling over compensation. They're on the take, too. Right. That's how eminent domain works. Yeah. Uh, Don't fight it. Just go along with it. There's there's no freedom. Yeah. In response, she and her family have tried to work out an arrangement with the school district that would let her father continue living at the property. Initially, the district seemed receptive to the idea. 
After a district board meeting in July at which Tara Upchurch spoke, she says that her family was approached by district staff who suggested they could agree to a life estate. The district would take ownership of the land, but Travis Upchurch would be allowed to stay in his home. Tara Upchurch says her family jumped at the idea, yes, that's the goal, keep my dad in his house. But she says after that July conversation, they didn't hear anything else from the school district about a life estate. We'll uh, get to the conclusion of this story coming up here on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Have you had land stolen from you via eminent domain? Give us a call. More Free Talk Live is next. segment of tonight's free talk live uh, i don't know why we were all cats there for a minute i, I had, uh, that's i love that that track when it comes in. i had the the, the the meow mix theme song stuck in my head the <laughs> other day uh somebody i i know i spotted a, a bag of meow mix cat food and uh immediately the meow 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 yeah. meow, meow, meow meow right the the theme song yeah, from that yeah, commercial yes, yeah, yeah. yeah popped into my head i'm like why am i why does that trigger that song this sucks man i've been successfully brainwashed <laughs> by cat exactly. food by cat, cat food. food commercials from the 70s it's yeah. an effective jingle uh 603-283-6160 in the studio it's the captain off grid angie and classic <laughs> I'm just doing that because Nikki's not here tonight. Yeah. The, Steve the classic. meow is really an homage to Nikki. Right? It, it really yeah, is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, the next time Nikki is on the show, uh, callers should call in and give her a bunch of crap for not being here today. <laughs> uh, Nikki, I'm sorry. Come Andrew, on, welcome. Jerome, call in. Uh, before we go on, I have to say thank you to Brianna Hansen. Brianna is a silver level gold. Uh, silver level gold silver level amplifier uh, what is an amplifier you might ask well if you go over to amps.freetalklive.com you'll find out all about the amplifier program uh, basically what it is it's a way for you to help get this radio program onto more radio stations we're currently on around 180 or so radio stations we could be on 200 250 300 is not out of the question it's all up to you if you want to help spread the message of peace, liberty, prosperity, voluntary interaction, then consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. You do get some perks for signing up. We only ask for 5 bucks a month. You can give more than that. There's different levels and all that kind of thing. Uh, Brianna has given 5 bucks a month, and so we thank you, Brianna Hansen, for your contribution. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Dot com. And the captain can read your name on air. You, too, could have your name read. That's one of the perks that you get yeah. you know, contributing, is right. having your name read. Uh, I thought that was obvious, but sure, I'll say it. And, yeah. You know, why not? Right. In case somebody missed it. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this eminent domain case out of Texas, where the Texas school district, uh, somewhere in Houston, Aldean Independent School District, 
uh, is using eminent domain to take a 79-year-old man's inter or multi-generational property. It's a one-acre plot of land that is currently surrounded by parking lot for a high school stadium. Right, so the stadium has not been built yet. They're waiting for him to give up the land? I, or, uh, I, 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 uh, it sounds unclear. like it's being rebuilt. Right? It's yeah. being rebuilt. Yeah. So this is setting the stage for what we were talking about in the break, possibly. I believe so. Mm. On Wednesday, okay, so uh, the district claimed <laughs> the district claimed that they already tried to make a uh, an offer, a voluntary interaction uh, with the homeowner, uh, and they were declined. The homeowners and the homeowner's family say, we never received anything. That's a lie. Uh, so then finally they got together, uh, and they were like, hey, you know, and the family was like, no, that's too low. And they so they contacted an attorney, and the attorney said basically, uh, all you can do at this point because they're exercising eminent domain is haggle over the price. Right. Take take the involuntary offer. On Wednesday, the school district sent a final offer letter to Travis Upchurch, who has 14 days to respond. These are delicate conversations that balance community needs and individual needs, Aldine School District said in a statement to Reason. We have continued to negotiate with the Upchurch family. No eminent domain proceedings have been filed at this time. In January, the school district broke ground on the stadium project. It's scheduled to open in August 2024. So here's my question. Why, if, like, you know, there's people living in an area, why would you even consider that a potential site? Right. right? Because they know that why, they can buy him out or burn him out. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And if... They're saying that they're they can negotiate over price, but they have no leg up. They they know there's they no not going to be yeah. There's no negotiation if you've already determined that you're going to exercise eminent domain, right? Or that you can, or that you can, right? Yeah. right. Even though they they haven't done right. it yet, they can. Mm-hmm. They know they can. Uh, and so the rest is about you know the the haggling, right? That, that's the right. only power that these people but have. Then there'll be no haggling. It'll be like this is our offer. That's it. We're or gonna, we're going to just bulldoze you. Yeah. Right. right. So right. that sets the stage for Killdozer 2 for this guy, I think. I, I mean, I would. It, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it illustrates just exactly that, that they know that they can sick the violence of the state onto this individual to take his land. They know that. They know they're going to win. Yeah. And so they have no incentive to negotiate in good faith. Right. Tara Upchurch says the stress of the potential seizure of his land has caused her father's health to deteriorate. She also argues that there's no reason for the district to seize the land when other vacant properties already owned by the district near the stadium could just as easily be converted to parking. That's interesting. Hmm. In the meantime, she says she'll continue trying to rally the publics to support and convince the district not to go through with the seizure. It feels like an unjust use of eminent domain, she says. So to be continued, we'll uh, we'll try to keep an eye on this story and see what things develop. Um, there is no, we don't have the price, right? No, we don't. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, sure it's below market. Oh, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, especially yeah. because right. like they have no leverage. Right. The assessor came out and said it's worth one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be yeah. they'll offer whatever whatever the tax assessor last said it was worth, right? Instead of what the actual market value is right. for sure, and what the city will get or the school district will get for parking for those cars, yeah, be great, much much greater. 
Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. Uh, let's go to this unscreened caller. You're live on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hello, hello. I'm Paul. Hey, Paul. Where are you calling from? Richmond. I spoke to you last night. Oh, hey. Um, hey, <laughs> I wasn't going to call, but when you were talking about um, the pronunciation of different things, yeah, I thought that was hilarious because I used to it used to infuriate me when my mother used to say mature. Why can't you just say mature like everybody else on the planet? I don't think that's um, very mature but, of you. Yeah, I don't either. But I also thought it was very funny because you guys were saying it's either one way or the other. But but um, uh, I'm from Texas, but I live in Richmond because, um, don't hate me, but I was in the military. And then you guys are in New England. I used to live in Nashua. So um, the word root or route. Um, so I thought or that. Root. I right. thought. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Don't, I hate when people say rough over roof. But anyway, <laughs> that is not a word. But root and route are two different things. And so I said, well, maybe one is like um, on the directions of a highway and one is the directions of like, a, you know, a suburban area. Am I making any sense? Because I, I hear people say it both ways. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious when you guys are talking about that yeah no I, you bring up some excellent points uh roof and roof right right like the song isn't the roof the roof it's the roof the roof the roof is on fire right but you know i've like i've Tea said roof, roof yeah i've said roof, and roof basically most of my life um there's well, a, people when i was a kid they would say i have an idea or i, want, I like to watch wrestling like wrestling <laughs> yeah well uh, you said you used to live in nashville right paul Nashua, yeah, I used to live um, right off Route Three. See, Route Three. Route three? Uh, so I used to live. Yeah, <laughs> I used to live um, Exit One, which was Daniel Webster Highway, and then I lived off Exit Four, which was Robinson Road. I went to the Sunset Heights and Elm Street Junior High. Anyway, hey, yeah. Paul, hey Paul, uh, I, I have uh, a I have a question for you. What is the name name of the city that's the capital of New Hampshire? Concord. <laughs> is it Concord? Con- it's Concord. Concord. Yeah. It's it's not Concord. Oh, well, yeah, that's the airplane. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm I'm yeah. not I'm not from New Hampshire, and so you know I grew up in Wisconsin. I spent 22 years in the West Coast, right? So I get here and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, what is Concord like? And immediately some of the, it's it's Concord. Concord. And I'm like, yeah, that's oh, it's when not they say Norfolk and and Virginia. Yeah. Oh. Norfolk. Norfolk, yeah, right? Yeah. Get your finger on the dump button just in case. Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not fuck. Right, yeah. yeah. Um Nolens. I to, Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. But anyway, last night I want to thank you for the phone call cuz you gave me some you gave me those libertarian books to read. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, so I'm going to pick those up on on the old Amazon and uh I thought it was great. Awesome. Well, after you've read, you know, one or more of them, give us a call. Let us know what you think of them, all right? I will. You guys have a good night. Hey, thanks for the call, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Uh, let's move right along. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. All Sarah, right. you are on Free Talk Live. Woot, 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 woo. Oh, yeah. I just want to mention that I guess I guess we got a little ways to go for the self-driving cars because uh, it slammed into a, um, a fire truck. Yeah. A self-driving car slammed into a fire truck. And another one got stuck in cement. Really? Is that what happened? So, I mean, it's got a, a while to go, even though they, you know, they, they did start it out. But 
I'm sure they'll get it perfected pretty soon. Yeah, I don't think it's so. Just that I think the fire truck, they have, when they get a, a call for a fire, they got to go really fast, and it throws off the self-driving car because it's not, I don't, you know, it's not programmed to react like that that fast. So, it's almost as if about, it's almost as if having a human piloting these vehicles is the only way for it to really be safe. What, what, what's the point of having a self-driving car if they have a car person in it? You know, I mean, I exactly, exactly. So I don't know, but I, I just think that they're gonna eventually they're gonna perfect it, and I think they're gonna get it pretty, pretty safe. And Sarah, they can't even perfect like the Windows operating system, <laughs> right? <laughs> the the problem with technology, of course, is that it has all this potential, but it's built by. Humans. It's always the lowest bid. And guess what (laughs) humans are famous for? Imperfections. Making mistakes. We all make mistakes every day. I've made several of them here on the air tonight. Some mispronunciations, some (laughs) stuttering, some off-putting jokes. You know, all these things have occurred here tonight. Uh, But the show goes on anyway in all of its imperfect glory. Uh, Human beings, anything human beings create is fallible because human beings are fallible. And yeah, what I think true. is perfect and what you think is perfect are two different things. That's perfectly said. Well, we'll <laughs> let AI des- decide that. Sarah? Well, but you know what? We've got to have some kind of progress because we can't let New Mexico drivers drive themselves. I mean, they drink and drive. I mean, they they got to do something. We can't here. let these people drive themselves around. They'll do human things. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it's 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 just awful, you know. So, Humans are so um, awful. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it probably as far as the mistakes, but it's a it's a progress, you know. I mean, it's it's in the working. But aren't they supposed to like the whole problem? Is they're supposed to have a um, um, computer in the a fire truck that's also communicating I, with the car. I have a question you know I mean? for you, Sarah. Um, you have never had a driver's license, is that right? No, I had a driver's license. I used to drive uh, when I was younger. For and, for uh, how long? Three, like... uh, for about maybe like about three years. Okay. And, and, then... the, and the road rage, the drivers behind me were just so mean, I couldn't drive anymore. I gave up my driver's license because they were honking and screaming from the back. They wanted me to turn a left and the cars were going. I mean, and I see these cars just darting out, turning a left when the, I mean, the car's about to hit them. I mean... What is there? And then they were always uh, honking and wanting me to hurry up. I, I just got into so much like panic. I I stopped driving. That's one of the basic reasons. It sounds it to so me spooky. like 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 you never really got the hang of it. No, I I don't like um, being, you know, people screaming and yelling at me because I don't go fast enough. Or they want me to turn up right really fast when somebody over. Okay. So they can right. turn a ride or something. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't like all of that. A lot sure. of people are in the same boat with me. They hate road rage, and I gave up. They gave up their drivers. I've met people like that. I'm sure you're not the only one, but um, it seems to me that you made the right decision, right? If if you cannot figure out how to cooperate with other drivers in a way that is peaceful and cooperative then uh, you've made the right decision. My question, of course, is um, 
since you never got the hang of it. And uh, why why should people conform to your thoughts and your preferences when it comes to driving? Uh, because uh, they're trying to kill me every day when I cross the street. You know, they're just awful. I mean, they're the one with them. Um, they're not. They're not riding a tricycle or a bicycle. You know, they're driving a a ton of vehicles. Sure. I mean, it's very lethal. Every you know, day, people do think, it. You know what? They they brush their hair and they put their eye makeup on the freeway. They do all sorts of stuff. They're in a car. That's a that's a very dangerous vehicle. I mean, the okay again. You know, it's got as, a lot of responsibilities. As somebody who never quite got the hang of driving. Why should anyone conform to your preference when it comes to driving? Well, I mean, isn't there consequences uh, for driving, you know, uh, being a negligent driver? You could kill somebody in another car or kill a pedestrian or a bicyclist. There's consequences. You know, I mean, do you, why are they do you know what like... natural authority is, Sarah? Uh-uh. Natural authority is... Um, like somebody who's an expert, right? Somebody who's an expert driver, right? Somebody who's been driving for many years, has, you know, the highest safety record, has very few accidents, probably has taught driving for several years at an exceptional level, you know, put out exceptional driving students, et cetera, and so on. That is uh, what we call a natural authority. Now, if somebody like that were calling into the show and talking to us about, hey, you know what, I think that people uh, should be driving like this, or I think that, you know, my city should have this type of a law or this type of, you know, reform of, you know, how the roads work, or we're going to put in some donuts instead of some four-way stuff, stuff like that. I would consider their opinion far more than I would somebody who never got the hang of driving and quit. I guess uh, those people, I guess, don't call in, but uh, what you call a, a defensive driver, the reason that they never got into a wreck is they're always, um, you know, dodging the bad drivers, uh, you know, out of, you know, before they don't see them, and they but they see them, and that's probably how they manage, you know. But I, I guess, I guess, I, guess I, I understand your point. But, okay. you know, I, just, I think that self-driving cars eventually will pan out pretty, pretty well. You know, um, what do you think about? I, I think Sarah's going to love the 15 minute city. Oh, she is. Yeah. Have you heard of these, Sarah? C40 cities. City. 15 minute city. Yeah, 15 minute city. If you have the internet, you should put that into your favorite search engine, you know, like Google or whatever. Just put in 15 minute city and read all about it because uh, you'd be a cheerleader for that. Yeah, I think that's right up your alley. What is that? What's fifteen minute city? Steve? Uh, what is a fifteen minute city? It's a it's kind of a walking district that you can walk to anything you need to get to within about fifteen minutes. A grocery store, a sports uh, area, a park, the DMV. Even though you don't have a vehicle, because no one will have vehicles, they'll be riding bikes and walking. Does that sound appealing? I think we lost her, Sarah. She had trouble with the phone uh, yeah. a few times. Well, she's still yeah, there. She's but, still there. Well, the call is still there, but right. perhaps we did lose Maybe her. Maybe she's looking it up. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Sarah. Let us know when you uh, you know figure out what the 15-minute city is. 14 uh, minutes and counting. This from Wikipedia, the 15-minute city. 
is an urban planning concept in which most daily necessities and services such as work, shopping, education, healthcare, and leisure can be easily reached in a 15-minute walk or bike ride from any point in the city. I was pretty close. This approach aims to reduce car dependency, promote healthy and sustainable living, and improve well-being and quality of life for city dwellers. Sarah will love it. Yeah, except yeah. this sounds a lot like uh, walk. This sounds a lot like a, a you know a free range prison. It is a free range prison. Is what it sounds like yeah. to me. Yep, open air prison. Uh, You'll love it. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? You're live on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yes. Hello. What's your name, please? Hello. My name is Melvin. Hey, I'm Melvin. From Chesapeake. Yes, I'm calling from Chesapeake, Virginia. All right. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Yes, I have a question about, you made up a good point about the uh, the AI and the um, driverless cars, the AI cars. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a legal question. Um, I, is one of y'all a, a lawyer or something? Mm-hmm. I think one of y'all was a lawyer. Not here on the panel tonight, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, my question was, was um, considering the um, the driverless cars, if I were to go out to a club, um, knowing or to a bar or whatever, mm-hmm. and I have a driverless car, and I was to get behind the wheel and put it in driverless mode, and the driverless car had an accident or hit someone, right? but it's in driverless mode, would I be charged with a DUI? This is a really ah, good question. <laughs> because I had it, cause I'm not driving the car because that's why I put it in driverless mode in the first place. So would I be charged with a DUI even though I wasn't driving the car? Here's what I think. Uh, the way the laws, and these vary from state to state, but generally speaking, the way the laws, and I'm not a lawyer, the laws are constructed. I think that if you owned this driverless car, you might be able to be held responsible for what the driverless car did because you decided to engage the car while you were intoxicated, regardless as to whether or not you're actually driving. I think that if you, uh, you know, you called a service, uh, Uber, a taxi, and it happened to be a driverless car that come to get you and take you home and it got into the accident, then I don't think you would be at fault or could could potentially be found at fault. I like this would be interesting to see how this plays out. Typically what happens with a new technology is uh governments keep their hands out of everything, let the technology develop. Oh wait, no, that's not what happens. That's what used to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so what what's going to happen is uh when these driverless cars actually hit the market and are available for you to do so, it's just going to be this situation happening and us all sitting back to see what happens to you. Because uh, your, your question is great. Uh, what, n- what normally happens these days is governments try and shoehorn you into existing law instead of examining the situation for the differences uh, and you know either legislating for new laws that make more sense uh, or leaving people the heck alone and just letting it be and let people figure it out. Uh, they don't do either of those two things, or won't do. Okay, well, well, great. Well, well, thank you. I just that, that was just on my mind. Well, thank you for your thank you for your response. Hey, feel free to call us again. Thanks for the call. Uh, any other yeah. thoughts? That was a great question. Well, I'm wondering now. I don't know much at all about this subject, but I'm wondering if there's a dr- difference between a self-driving 
and a driverless car. Be like, is there a time when you are in the front seat, but the car is driving Mm. versus the car that drives and you are actually in the back seat as if you were some kind of taxi cab passenger in this self-driving car? And does that maybe make a legal difference? Right, because a self-driving car could just be a regular car that's modified and requires like constant internet connection, right? And so if you're driving in a rural area, parts of New Hampshire, for example, <laughs> where there you lose your cell signal, your internet signal, right? You might have to take over driving for that duration. Right. So uh, that would be a uh, uh, that would be a self-driving car, but not necessarily a pilotless car. Right. Right. It's kind of like when airplane, commercial airplanes, you know, they take off and then the pilots put it into autopilot. They they don't do anything while they're up there. They know how to, supposedly, but they they put it. Don't get drunk. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, as we know. But like, you know, if for whatever reason something happened and one of the pilots needed to take over, they would. So I don't know if that's the definition of a of a driverless car or a self-driving car. I don't know the difference between those two right now. It's an interesting question. It is a very good question. We're out of time. Well, thanks, Thank Captain. you, Off-Grid Angie, for your debut on Free Talk Live. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Classic. Steve Classic. For participating. Thanks, Captain. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, find us over on the archives. Thank you to all of our callers and all of our listeners, as well as our amplifiers. Peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.